Now it's time to see who has the heart. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. You never read in Salty or Swat? The Titan of Terror. Colossus of Clout? You can't crash, man. Oh, yeah, the Great Bambino. I thought you said the Great Bambi. That wimpy deer. Welcome to the Best of Tailgate Talk, where we go back into the archives and hear some of our special guests you may have missed the first time around. We'll be back with the Best of Tailgate Talk after this. Come see all your friends at Applebee's in Athens. 12 minutes guaranteed or it's free Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Seven items to choose from. Can't make it for lunch? Visit them for happy hour, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. or late night. Half-price appetizers with beverage purchase. Six appetizers to choose from. Call 233-4430 or order online at Applebee's.com and pick your meal up with car side to go. Applebee's Neighborhood Grill, Highway 72 in Athens, just off I-65. Eating good in the neighborhood. Real estate, real easy. That's the motto at Innovative Realty Solutions, and providing the highest quality real estate services is their mission. With sound real estate advice, the latest information, and a skilled analysis of the real estate market, Innovative Realty Solutions offers a better home buying and selling experience with a fair, ethical, and, yes, innovative process. Innovative Realty Solutions. Visit them on Facebook, online at InnovativeRealtySolutions.com, at 100 North Clinton Street in Athens, or call 230-5950. Innovative Realty Solutions. Real estate, real easy. When things go wrong, State Farm is here to help life go right. And Agent Michael Howell is the one who can help get things back on track. See Michael for your auto, home, life, health, property, and business insurance and be ready for those unexpected twists that life throws at you. Ask about banking and annuities, too. Call State Farm Agent Michael Howell at 232-5400. Visit him online at michaelhowell.net or go see him at 903 South Clinton Street in Athens. State Farm Agent Michael Howell. There when things go wrong here to help life go right from day one first national bank has been built on a strong foundation of community first first to lend a helping hand first to help with community events and fundraisers first to support local students athletic programs and civic organizations first to support events like united way relay for life and many more charitable events and most importantly working for our great community without you there'd be no first national bank making communities great together that's what we strive for equal housing lender member fdic the world is changing the tailgate talk app has changed it's got a new name and a new look it's now known as pas plus and it's your home for applebee's tailgate talk along with james clement sports and calhoun basketball change never heard huh look for the download links at pasnetwork.net or tailgatetalk.net pas plus play action sports plus a little extra pas plus from play action sports Welcome back to another Best of Tailgate Talk. This week we feature our first conversation with former Atlanta and Cincinnati shortstop and second and third baseman Errol Chaney. After that, we switch gears to hockey as we listen to our visit with Glenn DeTulio, who was in his last season as head coach of the Huntsville Havoc, along with his replacement, Stuart Steffen, who was assistant coach at the time. Clay Freak Daddy Coleman also joined us in that segment. Roger Kitchen Jr., mental skills coach, comes on after that. Former Auburn defensive end Ladarius Owens follows that up. 
We then slide into our first visit with Bob Kendrick, president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, before winding things up with former Alabama center E. Galen McCullough. Next week, we'll be live at Swan Creek Park for our annual broadcast from Mud Volleyball for a Cure. And don't forget to enter your nominations for Athlete of the Week polls starting back up in August. We'll be back after this with the best of Tailgate Talk. P4 Physical Therapy is a new outpatient provider offering community-based care with a unique partnership model that allows them to consistently deliver world-class outpatient care, emphasizing personalized hands-on treatment. Whether it's orthopedic, physical, geriatric, or manual therapy, sports or neuro rehab, telehealth, or most any type of muscle or joint pain, P4 Physical Therapy promises to treat you with integrity, compassion, faithfulness, and selflessness. Locations in Athens, Huntsville, and Winfield, Alabama, as well as Fayetteville and Knoxville, Tennessee. Look for them on Facebook or online at p4physicaltherapy.com. Daly & Son Car Care is Ardmore's only one-stop auto repair and tire shop. Whether it's major mechanic or brake work or routine maintenance like an oil change or lube job, Daly & Son Car Care has been satisfying customers all over with their fast and friendly service. They're also your headquarters for quality Cooper tires. Stop by and see Wayne, Nikki, or Dale at 25600 Main Street in Ardmore, Tennessee or call them at 931-427-4651. They're on Facebook too. Daily and Sun Car Care, open Monday through Friday, 7.30 till 5, and Saturday, 7.30 till noon. Ardmore Telephone Company has been operating right here in your community since the 1950s. Over the years, we've brought you advanced communication services such as telephone, high-speed internet, and security systems. And going forward, we'll be right here ready to provide you with innovative services and the high level of customer service you've come to expect. At Ardmore Telephone, our proof is the test of time, running decades deep. We're Ardmore Telephone, and we are here to stay. For more details, call 1-800-830-9946 or visit ardmore.net. With all the technology around us today, it's hard to keep up. Goldsmith Technical Services specializes in residential and commercial computer and electronics repair, automation, IT services, and home theater systems and audiovisual services. Goldsmith Technical Services. Call or text 256-203-4226. Visit them on Facebook or online at goldsmithtechnical.com. Let them tailor a package that meets your needs. Goldsmith Technical Services. 256-203-4226. While others have come and gone, the Lion's Den Gym has been roaring as a workout and exercise fixture in Athens, growing from its humble basement beginnings in 1981 to their current 10,000-square-foot location at 212 Commercial Drive in Athens. The Lion's Den offers 24-7 access to their ever-expanding equipment collection that includes treadmills and climbers, elliptical trainers, stationary bikes, loose weights and dumbbells, and over 45 different weight machines. Contact the Lion's Den Gym about a membership today at 256-652-2627. Visit them online at lionsdengym.com or on Facebook, The Lions Den Gym, 256-652-2627. Have you noticed bad behavior has become normalized at interscholastic athletic events? Some fans seem angry. They lack civility toward one another. Some even get aggressive and unruly. Time out! What is going on? This has to stop. Let's not forget, school sports aren't just about winning. And they're definitely not an excuse to take your frustrations out on the official or the opponent. They're about teaching lessons like perseverance, respect, and empathy so students can learn and grow as people, not just as players. 
We all have a role to play in setting a good example for our students and teaching them these important values. So fans, it's time to step up your game and behave positively at interscholastic athletic events in Alabama. This message presented by the AHSAA and the Alabama High School Athletic Directors and Coaches Association. Tune in every Tuesday through Thursday this coming football season for the WKAC Coaches Shows. Join us as we get the scoop from Ardmore, Athens, Clements, East Limestone, Elkmont, James Clemens, Tanner, and West Limestone. The WKAC Coaches Shows coming in August on 1080. Welcome back to the best of tailgate talk on 1080 WKAC. Our guest of honor here, Mr. Daryl Cheney, a member of the Reds and the Braves, played uh, on the 75 World Series team, yeah. uh, played 10 years in the major, has his book out, Welcome to the Big Leagues. We're going to let him talk all about that. But right now, welcome to the show, Daryl. It's an honor to have you on, sir. Well, thank you, boys. I appreciate the opportunity to be on with you. It gave me a good break today, too, because guess what I'm doing? Where are you, where are you at? I'm at my son's house laying inside. So oh, man. Great for me. <laughs> hey, we, we, we'll yeah. give you as long a break yeah, as you need there, no Daryl. Doubt. <laughs> you know, I, I called Phil Necro one time, and uh, – before we went to the ballpark, and his wife answered the phone, and I said, Nancy, uh, can I talk to Phil? He said, uh, uh, he's outside right now. And then she kept yelling outside the field. She said, Phil, green side up, green, green. side up. <laughs> <laughs> like, What's he doing out there, Nancy? He said, he's laying inside. Oh, man, <laughs> I'm funny. glad you said that. That's usually an Auburn, Alabama joke that they try to pull on us. So, uh, <laughs> oh, my man. first question has got to be, what was it like to play on the Big Red Machine Uh I mean, as a child, I'm nine and ten years old watching yeah. you guys play. Uh, the the dirt. I mean, you guys played and you played you played real. You played dirty. You played good. Not dirty. I mean, but you got in the in dirt. The dirt. In yes. the dirt. Played good hard ball. And uh, I, I used to love watching the Reds on on Saturday mornings. That's the only yeah Saturdays. Yeah, that that's was, the only time that, we had to watch. That, that, yeah. T- yeah. Tell us well, some experiences on there. Share some stories with us, Daryl. There was, you know, when you look when I look back on it. Uh, at times I took it all for granted because uh, uh, you know, I, I, I just did. I just thought that I belonged there and uh, so what, and no big deal. But as I look back on it and having played 11 years in the big leagues and the three three playoffs and uh, oh, actually four National League playoffs and three World Series and then winning the World Championship, uh, as you get older, you look back on things and say, man, that was, a, that was some of the best times of my life. And it, and it was. People ask me, you know, what was it like? Well, there's nothing like it. There's, there's nothing like it, and you know, there's there's just nothing like it. If you're a young athlete and you want to aspire to be a major league baseball player, you work hard, your dream comes true, and you, know, you get a chance to play in the World Series and do something to contribute. Um, there's just nothing like it. And my experiences with the Reds were uh, more of uh, a couple of years. I was platoon, but uh, it was more of a of a utility player role where I had to be. I had to be ready in case someone got sick or hurt at just about every position, and, and uh, so that was uh, that was a whole different mindset uh, that you had to keep from than, than a guy that was uh, you know playing every day. He knew he was in the lineup, and he he knew he was going to be facing every day and things like that. So, uh, no, I, you know, I've got I've got experiences. You ask me questions, I can give you. I can relate it to an experience. But I've got experiences that I'll just uh, I'll just cherish forever. One of the greatest experiences. Uh, well, the, the two biggest ones I had in, in baseball is, number one, when I got to play against a guy I idolized when I was growing up, uh, a guy named Ernie Banks. 
Oh, yes. Oh, and, yeah. uh, awesome. There's a, a great story too. in my book. <laughs> Ernie Banks, there's a great story in my book about Ernie. And then, uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't uh, hitting a home run and, or making a great play. One of the other greatest experiences I had was waking up uh, the day after we, we beat the Boston Red Sox in Game 7 in 1975 and having a parade down the streets of Cincinnati and everybody hanging out the windows of the of the office building and calling the all world world champions, you know, calling the world champions. That's a that's a that's a big thing. Bama Zach, ask him that question that you was going to ask about playing one out as a catcher. Was that no? I'll let him ask you. You go ahead and ask him about that, Mr. Taney. Hey, this is Todd. There there was a couple things I was going to ask you. So, so that's really funny. Lately, (laughs) people, I was on my my grandson's uh, UGA, and he's got a, a, a sports calling show and. Uh, one of the kids looked that up too. But what happened? It was a suspended <laughs> game for the Braves, and Bobby Cox it was his first time around as manager. Yes, yeah. and uh, and I was I was basically riding the the pine on a real bad team, and we had this suspended game that went extra innings, and it, and they they called it. And uh, so when the suspension uh, the suspended game came back, we restarted where we left off. Right. Well, by the time we came around to play that game again. Uh, Biff Pokorobo, who was our starting catcher, he was he was hurt. Uh, Joe Nolan, our backup catcher, I believe, he he had already pinch hit in, 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 previously oh, in the game, oh, wow. and uh, we didn't have anybody else. And so Bobby Cox says, uh, before the ball game, who wants to catch? And I said, well, I will. <laughs> hey, I just want to get on the field. I'm out That's awesome. yeah, I just I got to get in the game somehow, man. I said that, but I warmed the pitchers up in the bullpen all the time oh, okay. when I played for the Reds and the and the Braves when I was sitting on the bench and. I did that just to, you know, to have something to do and, and stay ready and take something like that happen. So, anyway, uh, you know, we start the game up. Gene Garber's the pitcher, and I was on the bullpen warming up, and uh, Gene and I were doing our strategy and all that kind of stuff, and uh, it didn't last long. We had um, uh, a guy got on, and they tried to hit and run, and I bounced out of it and threw the guy out, but the hitter fouled it back, and, and then uh, I can't remember who the hitter was, but he hit a double to right center field, and the guy that was on first came all the way around to score, and it was over. Oh man! So, uh, uh, but anyway, I can uh, I can say yeah, I even I even got him uh, to catch in a big league game. Well, one more question, uh, Mr. Cheney. So, so you know, you're talking about a while ago your experience about you know there's nothing like it playing with the big red machine and all. So you come off this World Series and you get traded to the Braves. So tell us, you know how how uh, you know, going like right now spring training, and you know the teams are getting prepared for the season. Um, as a professional, do you ever have that feeling like when you went to the Braves, like man, you know we don't have a prayer, we're not going to make the playoffs, let alone the World Series. I mean, you know how is, what is that feeling like? All kinds of things run through your mind. <laughs> you know, for for me, I was the player rep with the Reds when this came down, and oh, wow. the night before I was traded, I had a. Uh, I had a player uh, rep issue to talk about with our general manager, and we were talking on the phone, and they were down to winter meetings, and I said, by the way, you guys aren't trading me, are you? <laughs> no, we're not going to trade you. And the next morning, I was <laughs> wow. going down the road to Cincinnati, and I heard it on the radio. Jeez, <laughs> that's oh, crazy. Man. So, that's brutal. Yeah, that's how I heard it, and I said, I'm going to get home real quick, tell my wife, because she got in the car, and she hears this, she'll drive off in the ditch somewhere. <laughs> oh, you know? wow. But anyway, it was uh, it was uh, I was I was a little bit surprised because I was told the day before I wasn't going to get traded. But when they did call me and tell me, uh, they said you're going to get a chance to play every day down in Atlanta. And uh, my first manager that brought me to the big leagues in Cincinnati was Dave Bristol, and yes. he had gotten the Braves job in 1976, and he was instrumental in getting me to go down there and, and play. Oh, okay. It was it was kind of like falling off the roof of your house, though. You know, you went from the best team in the world to 
uh, you know, I don't know. We lost it. We won 102 games or something, 106 games in 75. I think we lost 102 in 76. Yeah, yeah. Right. it was so, a bad yeah. race. It was a real struggle. And um, so, you know, but I did get a chance to play every day. Uh, I played, uh, I don't know, 158 games, something like yeah. that. Yeah. I led the club in uh, doubles and triples, hitting eight, and uh, drove in 50 runs, hitting eight on a pretty bad team. So, That's pretty good. Uh, you know, got a chance to play, and uh, you know, boys, if I had it, to, if I, I'll tell you how great the game is, and how much I appreciated it. Uh, if I knew, uh, if I knew back then when I signed right out of high school, how my career was going to go, and all that was going to happen to me, and I was going to be on those teams and sitting on the bench a lot and so forth, I'd do it all over again. Yes, I'd yeah, do it yeah. all over again, same way. I mean, we, we, you, we, you got guys right here who love baseball. And we, Daryl, we would love to just been on the bench and just yeah. be part of that. But, but what, what were the Reds thinking? But you first you were platooning, then they give your guy, job to some guy named Dave Concepcion. Who they think he was? <laughs> you know, he wasn't no good. <laughs> he was well, a know, good ball player. He was a great ball player. Back in 1972, uh, Dave and I platooned, and uh, I was playing against all the right-handed teachers. He was playing against all the left-handed teachers. And I hit, uh, I think, 252. I did pretty good for being a platoon. I out-hit him. And going oh, wow. the next year in the spring training in 1973, I said, man, I, know, I was platooned last year. I'm going to get a shot at this thing. And and uh, we go to spring training, and I had a I had 400, something like that. And uh, Sparky saw something in Davey. A lot of other people did. And he said, uh, you know, uh, we had a good shortstop battle, but Concepcion's won the job, and he's going to start in shortstop. And, and uh, that was it. Although... Wow. In 1973, Davey, Davey broke his ankle uh, uh, the Sunday before the All-Star break, and so I, I, I played the rest of the year in 73 uh, at short. We got in the playoffs, lost to the Mets, and Davey came back really strong from that injury. And, uh, well, here's a, you know, here's a guy arguably could be in, in baseball Hall of Fame, no doubt. We'll be back with more of our Tailgate Talk conversation after this. Limestone Drug, located on the square in downtown Athens, is your local health park pharmacy. As your local health park pharmacy, Limestone Drug is locally owned and has a personal commitment to the community. Limestone Drug honors prescription drug plans, including Medicare. They accept flex spending cards and fill prescriptions in minutes, not hours. Limestone Drug knows there's nothing more important than your family's well-being. So shop Limestone Drug at 200 West Market Street in Athens. Your local health park pharmacy. Limestone Drug, caring for you and about you. Your roof is the first line of defense for your home. Do you have water stains on your ceiling? Paint peeling off your walls? Shingles missing? It's probably time for you to get your free roof inspection. Locally owned and operated, licensed and insured, Yellowhammer Roofing is the Yellowhammer State Hometown Team. Yellowhammer Roofing. Let our family protect what's most important to you, your family. 256-232-1933 or online at yellowhammerroofing.com. For screen printing, sign printing, banners, logo design, and more, look no further than that shirt printing place. Located at 709 North Jefferson Street in Athens, call 256-444-1827. That shirt printing place. Visit them online at thatshirtprintingplacellc.com. Look for them on Facebook, too. That shirt printing place. 256-444-1927. That shirt printing place. School may be out, but you can still enter your nominations for the Applebee's Athlete of the Week over the summer for the upcoming school year. Just go to tailgatetalk.net and fill out the form. 
While you're there, check out the Tailgate Talk archives and see what you might have missed. That's the Applebee's Neighborhood Athlete of the Week. Enter your nominations today from Applebee's Neighborhood Grill, Tailgate Talk, and 1080 WKAC. We're back now with more of our conversation on the best of Tailgate Talk. There, I, I got to ask you this. I, mean, I know with the Reds and Braves, you played with a lot of great players, but we all know probably you played with one of the greatest baseball players of all time in Pete Rose. And what was it like playing for Pete? And, and in your opinion, do you think Pete deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Well, first of all, I'll tell you uh, uh, what it was like playing with him. I, I, got, I got 11 years in the major leagues, and I was in the game 16 years. I, I didn't play with or against anybody that got himself, not only himself, but the rest of his teammates ready to win each and every night. I mean, this guy, when he walked through the door, he could have come from the racetrack, and a lot of times he did. <laughs> but, when he walked, but when he walked into that, uh, that clubhouse, you didn't know if he won money or lost money. All he knew oh, about wow. was, uh, i got to get ready to win this game oh, tonight that's awesome. and get a couple of hits. So he had that kind of an influence on anybody. And do I think he should be in the Hall of Fame? I'm one of those guys that uh, has, has changed my mind. Because when I was a player rep, uh, one of the criteria for being in the Hall of Fame is you have to uphold the honesty and integrity of the game, and that's yes. where Pete fell short. Yes. But over the years, uh, the guy's paid the price. He's, he's a great baseball ambassador. He only hurt himself and his family. Uh, I, I, think, I think today what I would do, especially as we start looking at these steroid guys and, yeah, yeah. you know, eventually they're going to start letting them in there, just go ahead and put an asterisk by a guy's name. Even maybe make a, a separate section in the Hall of Fame for, you know, uh, you know, offenders or whatever. But please put an asterisk next to Pete saying uh, was banned from life on baseball from this point to that point, but then put his stats down there and hang him up there in the Hall of Fame where, yeah, yeah, where he belongs. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of guys uh, – that are in the Hall of Fame, uh, that, that you know, they're not angels. They you know, we've all we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Absolutely. Well, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of baseball too. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, great there. quote. I've absolutely. got to remember that. That is a great quote because, like you said, you, you said steroid era, Roger Clemens and A. Rod and all those guys. You know, and Pete. You know, like I said, everybody's done some done great things, and they've had some bad things. So you know, I I, I have no problem with what you just said. Put a asterisk by them and say. What they did on the field yeah. was great, but but they also had some other. But you know, you can't, you can't tell me that uh, guys like Clemens and Bonds, had they not taken steroids, would have been, they'd still be in the Hall of Fame. They'd have been in the Hall of oh, Fame. I, I, I think mean, they, they would have been yes. I agree. They had all the they had all the same careers before they took a pill. You know. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. Well, that's yeah. true. Well, I tell you what, Daryl. Let's before we run out of time, let's talk about your book. And you are, in fact, a Christian motivational speaker. And uh, but. Uh, tell us some some great words uh, that that you you share stories that you share and and uh, maybe something if there's a younger baseball player out there yeah. listening to it. Uh, well, I appreciate the opportunity to do that. I thank you guys very much. Yeah, well, you know when I'm uh, young, especially young young men today, uh, high school kids even they they sometimes wake up in the morning and they say, you know, I know I'm not much, but I'm all I'm thinking about today is today going to be my day. Am I going to get a pat on the back from the coach? Is the teacher going to say nice job? And, when they get older, you know, uh, the parents, are they proud of me? And, and when am I going to get my day? Am I going to get a chance to hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth inning? And I had all those experiences when I was uh, when I was growing up and actually when I got to the big leagues. And I had these days when I, when I played for the, arguably one of the greatest teams ever uh, in Cincinnati where I didn't think my, my life mattered, you know? And uh, 
So anyway, as, as time goes on, and uh, I got out of baseball, I met a Presbyterian minister named Dan Hedinger, who wanted to write a book uh, based on my trials and tribulations as a not-so-famous baseball player who played on a great on a great team, and, and then on a bad team with the Braves. And I never thought it would come to fruition, but about three years ago now, a gentleman uh, decided to fund the book. It's funded by a group called the Jakin Group. Jakin stands for God Establishes. It's a 501c3. I don't make any money on the book, but I'll just tell you what, what on the back of the book, what Dan Hedinger wrote that uh, has had a lot of influence on people. He writes, uh, your life matters, not because of what you've done or what you possess. Even when things go wrong or you make mistakes, your life still matters. And it matters because God says it does. Yes. Yeah, and there, yeah. and there, there, there's a tendency for a man to measure his worth with the wrong measurement system. I, that's what was happening to me in Cincinnati. I'd, I'd be sitting on the bench for two weeks, and I'd go in there, and I'd, I'd expect myself to perform like P. Rose or Johnny Bench or Joe Morgan or Concepcion. So there's a tendency for a man to, to measure his worth with the wrong measurement system, to you know, you compare his, his life with others or not like his place in the team. But when a man knows who he is in the eyes of God, when a man knows who he is in the eyes of God, he experiences his significance. Amen. And then every event and every relationship has unlimited potential. And in your own way, you've, you've made it to the big leagues. So many, many men are changed by the world, but the man who knows his significance, that his life matters because God says it does, that's a man who will change the world. That's awesome. That's great. That's great, Daryl. That is great. Absolutely. And it's true. And we are so uh, thankful for you to join us today. And uh, I, I, I think I can safely speak for the guys, but I can say three words. Oh, yeah. This was awesome. It was. Oh, it was. Daryl, I encourage well, everybody to go out to your website. It's DarylChaney.com. DarylChaney.com yeah. with one L. One L. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, boys. There's a, there's a link to the book on that on that website of mine. And, of course, if anybody uh, uh, needs a speaker, just uh, you know, get a hold of me through, that, through my website, and we'll talk about it. And, I appreciate you guys having me on on this beautiful Saturday morning. Okay, we hate to get you back out of, out of grass doing some sod, but I guess yeah, we done Sorry, <laughs> back to work, <laughs> brother. I'm going to go put the green. I'm going to put the green side up. There you go, brother. There you go. There we go. Take care, man. Thanks, Daryl. Thanks, Daryl. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Daryl Cheney, and once again, that was awesome. We're going to take a short break. You've been listening to Applebee's Tailgate Top of WKAC, the Big Ten Eighty. Real estate, real easy. That's the motto at Innovative Realty Solutions, and providing the highest quality real estate services is their mission. With sound real estate advice, the latest information, and a skilled analysis of the real estate market, Innovative Realty Solutions offers a better home buying and selling experience with a fair, ethical, and, yes, innovative process. Innovative Realty Solutions. Visit them on Facebook, online at InnovativeRealtySolutions.com, at 100 North Clinton Street in Athens, or call 230-5950. Innovative Realty Solutions. Real estate, real easy. Ardmore Telephone Company has been operating right here in your community since the 1950s. Over the years, we've brought you advanced communication services such as telephone, high-speed internet, and security systems. And going forward, we'll be right here ready to provide you with innovative services and the high level of customer service you've come to expect. At Ardmore Telephone, our proof is the test of time, running decades deep. We're Ardmore Telephone, and we are here to stay. For more details, call 1-800-830-9946 or visit ardmore.net. 
P4 Physical Therapy is a new outpatient provider offering community-based care with a unique partnership model that allows them to consistently deliver world-class outpatient care, emphasizing personalized hands-on treatment. Whether it's orthopedic, physical, geriatric or manual therapy, sports or neuro rehab, telehealth, or most any type of muscle or joint pain, P4 Physical Therapy promises to treat you with integrity, compassion, faithfulness, and selflessness. Locations in Athens, Huntsville, and Winfield, Alabama, as well as Fayetteville and Knoxville, Tennessee. Look for them on Facebook or online at p4physicaltherapy.com. When things go wrong, State Farm is here to help life go right. And Agent Michael Howell is the one who can help get things back on track. See Michael for your auto, home, life, health, property, and business insurance and be ready for those unexpected twists that life throws at you. Ask about banking and annuities, too. Call State Farm Agent Michael Howell at 232-5400. Visit him online at michaelhowell.net or go see him at 903 South Clinton Street in Athens. State Farm Agent Michael Howell. There when things go wrong here to help life go right come see all your friends at applebee's in athens 12 minutes guaranteed or it's free monday through friday 11 a.m to 3 p.m seven items to choose from can't make it for lunch visit them for happy hour 3 p.m to 7 p.m or late night half price appetizers with beverage purchase six appetizers to choose from call 233-4430 or order online at applebee's.com and pick your meal up with car side to go applebee's neighborhood grill highway 72 in athens just off i-65 eating good in the neighborhood Keep up with local school, travel, youth, and amateur sports throughout the week with the Play Action Sports Update. Listen weekday mornings at 7.30 and weekday afternoons at 1.30 and 3.30 as we bring you the latest scores, news, and announcements from Limestone County and surrounding communities. That's the Play Action Sports Update three times a day, Monday through Friday on 1080 WKAC. You're listening to the best of tailgate talk on 1080 WKAC. Uh, Havoc head coach, Coach Glenn DeTulio. So this, this, uh, how, how's this last season been? I mean, is it, you know, you're retiring this year. Uh, is there any special memories so far, or you hadn't got that, hadn't got uh, that last one in there just man, yet? I, I, it's going fast, I'll tell you. It's funny, everybody says I'm retiring, but, I mean, I'm even working. It's yeah. not like, <laughs> you're still like working. It's not like I'm getting a pension and uh, uh, <laughs> you know, a wheelchair. So, yeah, so, um, you know, obviously doing something different, but, yeah, it's, it's crazy how quick the season's gone by. And, um, yeah, just trying to soak up every last minute of being behind the bench. It's been a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's been, been crazy. That's well, cool. you may be busier once you retire. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think it's going to slow down much. Uh, a little less travel, which will be nice. Yeah. Not having to get on the bus and um, you know spending a little a few more weekends at home with the family, I think will be uh, will be right. nice. A lot more honey days. A lot more honey days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So I, I got some making up to do for a lot go. of travel. So there you go. And that's you, you'll you'll remain here in the area. Yeah, I'm going to still be working for the Havoc. I'll just yep. be in, in the front office, uh, you know, doing more of the marketing and okay. um, managing and just, you know, still overseeing the hockey side of it, but not hands-on as far as uh, being behind the bench and recruiting, that kind of stuff. But still, yeah, I mean, still a big part of the organization. And, um, yeah, certainly not going anywhere. I'll good. still be around. Good, good, good. So I, I have a good good question. While you're behind, while you're behind the bench and they're doing line changes, they, they change on the fly, so how much notice do the players have before it's line change time? Do you have a certain set? Okay, line A goes in, line B goes in, and yeah, I mean, it, you, you just you, yell change or something? Yeah, I mean, usually, I mean, you're, you're usually calling out 
um, the next line by the centerman usually. But I mean, usually you get in a rotation like it's pretty, um, you know, it's it's pretty. It, it starts rolling. It's pretty standard. Um, you know, it might change if you're trying to match up. If you're really trying to make sure you have the right guys against um, certain players in the other team, so you might um, have to call things um, and maybe change your rotation. But I mean, guys have a pretty good internal clock from playing so long. I mean, they know they're going to be on the ice 35, 40 seconds um, before they change, and you know the next group knows that they're jumping on. So okay. you know a lot of it is pretty, it's pretty organic. You know, yeah. like it's just you've, you've done it for so long. I mean, when whistles blow, that that might be when we're making the call more. Um, if a line's only been on for 15, 20 seconds, we might change after a whistle. But like during the play, I mean, they just kind of know okay. when, they're, when they're coming off, and you're just making sure the next guys are ready to get out there. Okay, cool. So it's not like like baseball signals, <laughs> hand across the chest, no, blunt, no, swing away, no, okay. no, not at all. So, <laughs> so out of these, just happening too fast for that to happen. So out of these, you know, final eleven games, other than winning, what are you really trying to, you know, savor with these final eleven games? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just. Uh, it, uh, coaching in a lot of ways is, is an extension of when you played you know there's a lot of stuff that uh, you know just being on the bus and, and um, you know being in the locker room and having a little bit of the you know the, the interactions with the players on a personal level and um, just the day in day out time you're spending with them um, you know that's going to change dramatically obviously next year so you're really trying to um, enjoy that and there's some players that have been here for quite a while that yeah. um, have played for me for you know five six years um, you know they're they're my players but they've also really become you know, more than coworkers. I mean, a lot of ways they're friends. So, um, you know, guys that have poured a lot into this organization and um, we're trying to, you know, try to squeeze out every drop we can here um, for some of these guys, maybe their last season. I and mean, we don't know that for sure, but there's a chance that I won't be the, the only one kind of stepping away. So I think we're really trying to make sure we can find a way here to enjoy every, you know, every day and, and uh, you know, you know, have as much fun as we can. Absolutely. I have one question. You know, we, Glenn and I have known each other. I think, you know, you've been here. I've been here long than you but the whole time you've been here we've been here like last night the mana house night you know it seems like every charity i'm blown away by how much money that's raised and fifteen thousand dollars last night for mana house you've played all over is the havoc like unique as far as the amount of money and the amount of things it does for a community you've played in different countries you've played all over i'm sure there's other people but is it I think sometimes we've realized we're on like a different island yeah. sometimes. Yeah, I think what makes us different and special is it's not just one charity night. Like a lot of places I've played, they might have one night, um, you know, where they're raising money for a certain charity. But here we do it a ton. I mean, it's it's a lot of nights. And, and the fact that Keith and Becky are owners, um, like they, they're, that's a big part of why they're in the business and why they, they continue to be part of this. Um, you know, when you're having those nights and you're auctioning jerseys, you know, like, let's be honest, that money could be going to the organization if they wanted. And um, they choose to, you know, that money to go to charity, whether it's Melissa George or St. Jude Night or the military or Mana House. I mean, you go down the list of, um, you know, Matt Brown's another one. We give money to his foundation. I mean, it's it's a lot of nights. And, you know, there's a lot of other teams where it's a it's a portion of the proceeds that go to charity. Um, and for us, it's all. Every, every penny goes to it. And um, I think that's what makes us, you know, different. I think it's what makes us special. And um, it's no, it's a big reason why I love being a part of it. Um, we talk a lot about it with the players. There's more to it than just playing hockey. That that there is a purpose here. There's a there's a bigger purpose. And as disappointing as the guys were um, with the result with the game last night, you turn around and realize how much money you raise and in our community, how many people that's going to help. I mean, um, you can easily get over the loss when you when you're you're doing some really good things. That's yeah. a <laughs> testament to the team with the many sell, sellouts we've had this year. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think every you know. 
all those charity nights and, and everything that we do for the community, I mean, it's come back to us tenfold. You know, it's um, we just continue to grow. I mean, we've, we're going to set an attendance record here. Um, if not, you know, um, not tonight, probably if not the next home game, within the next couple home games, we're going to set another attendance record. And, um I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it it is crazy. You know, you look around and you're in Alabama, and 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 hockey is exploding, and um, it's just a it's a great way to to spend a night with your family. So it's a lot of fun. Well, I remember talking to Drew Carter last night. He he came up and was running the sound for us, and Drew was one of the original Havoc guys. And yeah, and I looked at him, and he was just like sitting there, just looking around. And I said, Do you remember those nights when we were like? We're going to have 1,800 in the building tonight. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Well, I think on my Facebook page, it was a picture of my last game playing, and I was showing my wife and my parents, and I'm, like, zooming in. I'm, like, look how empty this building yeah. is, yeah. you know? Like, mm-hmm. you know, that was, you know, 11 or 12 years ago, and, I mean, we wouldn't have – I mean, yeah. our worst night wouldn't be like that anymore. Yeah. So it, it's, it's been right. incredible. Yeah, if, you, if you had 1,800 people in, Keith would be sitting there like, hey, guys, we're probably going to shut the doors here within the next <laughs> 90 days. Well, I remember when the channel cast first started and uh and word spread like wildfire that chicks loved yep. watching those guys fight <laughs> yep. and that's just that's the honest to goodness truth and uh we you know you'd hear it have you have you heard have you heard about the channel cat have you been to the and that's when every time they, somebody maybe get a hat trick or score yeah. a goal they, they'd throw these little fingerlings yeah, yeah. these little blue cat fingerlings on the ice and i was like oh that's nasty <laughs> oh but, i remember i remember going around you know like when i was when i came in i was just marketing and help sale you know mm-hmm. and you would go and you'd think you'd go to a business and you'd be like hey i'm with the huntsville havoc and they're like who <laughs> like, and i'm like how can you not know who we are? Like, I've heard of you. Now it's like literally mm-hmm. they know now, and that's the fun part. Well, I think like that you look at anywhere that's, you know, a new hockey market, you're going to get that initial, usually you're going to get an initial pretty, surge, yeah. And, you know, the, the places that can, you know, that can continue for, for a long time, that's the magic, you know. And I think um, the Channel Cats probably had that and kind of dipped a little bit in the fact that we've been able to kind of reestablish. And, yeah. um, you know, it's not easy. A lot of places kind of fizzle out. So yeah. um, we're, we're fortunate for sure. Back with more of our Tailgate Talk conversation after this. From day one, First National Bank has been built on a strong foundation of community first. First to lend a helping hand, first to help with community events and fundraisers, first to support local students, athletic programs, and civic organizations, first to support events like United Way, Relay for Life, and many more charitable events, and most importantly, working for our great community. Without you, there'd be no First National Bank. Making communities great together, that's what we strive for. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Daily and Son Car Care is Ardmore's only one-stop auto repair and tire shop. Whether it's major mechanic or brake work or routine maintenance like an oil change or lube job, Daily and Son Car Care has been satisfying customers all over with their fast and friendly service. They're also your headquarters for quality Cooper tires. Stop by and see Wayne, Nikki, or Dale at 25600 Main Street in Ardmore, Tennessee, or call them at 931-427-4651. They're on Facebook, too. Daily and Son Car Care, open Monday through Friday, 730 till 5, and Saturday, 730 till noon. 
Limestone Drug, located on the square in downtown Athens, is your local Health Mart pharmacy. As your local Health Mart pharmacy, Limestone Drug is locally owned and has a personal commitment to the community. Limestone Drug honors prescription drug plans, including Medicare. They accept flex spending cards and fill prescriptions in minutes, not hours. Limestone Drug knows there's nothing more important than your family's well-being. So shop Limestone Drug at 200 West Market Street in Athens, your local Health Mart pharmacy. Limestone Drug, caring for you and about you. Your roof is the first line of defense for your home. Do you have water stains on your ceiling, paint peeling off your walls, shingles missing? It's probably time for you to get your free roof inspection. Locally owned and operated, licensed and insured, Yellowhammer Roofing is the Yellowhammer State Hometown Team. Yellowhammer Roofing, let our family protect what's most important to you, your family. 256-232-1933 or online at yellowhammerroofing.com. When you're looking for something special for your next event, why not bring in the most amazingly fine flavored shaved ice this side of the islands, Kona Ice of Decatur in Athens. Whether it's a school or a major sporting event, a picnic or a festival, Kona Ice brings the fun and laughter from their steel drum music to their signature flavor wave where guests can flavor their own shaved ice. No event is too big or too small. Kona Ice makes fundraising easy too. Call Kona Ice today and tell them what you have in mind. 256-566-5298 or look for them on your favorite social media platform, Kona Ice of Decatur in Athens, 256-566-5298. Takes the snap. He's going to roll out to the far side. He's going to throw it off his back foot deep. He's got a man. Touchdown, James Clemens. Be listening for James Clemens High School football this coming season as the Jets take on the best in Class 7A competition. You can hear every featured game streamed live online at pasnetwork.net on your Amazon Echo device or on your Play Action Sports app and later on demand. You can also hear the replays Sunday afternoons on WKAC Radio. Join us for exciting coverage of James Clemens Jets football this coming season from Play Action Sports. We continue with our conversation on the best of tailgate talk on 1080 WKAC. One thing Huntsville has that other places do not is as such a melting pot. Yeah. I mean, Huntsville is not a southern city anymore. No, no it's, very, it's, um, it's very, like you said, melting pot. Yeah, and uh, so you have people moving down here from up north, and the first thing they're thinking is, now I'm not going to have any hockey to go see. Yeah, no, first, the first thing they think is, do I have to be Auburn or Alabama? <laughs> yeah. The answer, no. is, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. The, the answer is yes. And I think the big thing when they walk in, I don't. I think people don't know what to expect. And when they walk in, it's like it's a legit production. Like yeah. it's oh, incredible. Yeah, it I mean, it's very it's, much so. It's like going to you take an NHL game, and I think it's better than some places in NHL rinks. You just yeah. shrink it, it down and have less yeah. people. But I think when people walk in, I think that's what blows them away. Is like, man, this. This is the real deal. These lights that they've had on the ice now, I mean, they're way, because the last time I was here, they were just showing the logo yep. in the center ice, and I was like, wow, where yep. did this oh, come that's, from? That's well, amazing. And you look at this uh, new atrium right here. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have that. No, we had the, uh, in the it, 80s, when the Hank Jr. concerts. We remember, like, the beginning of the VBC was, like, right, right here, yeah. mm-hmm. and then you could go up, and kids would jump up and hit the asbestos <laughs> ceilings yes. that were, you know, to leave their <laughs> fingerprints yeah. in yeah. The, the top, you know. <laughs> it was, I remember those, and, it's, and it was this dingy, yellowy yeah, kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, the thing that I'm so excited about it, like I said, you know, you don't get to be a part of so many things. And I remember those early days where we yeah. – and then it was literally – decisions that, you know, of us going to Vegas at one time to find out things, and it was like, you know, I look at it, and Glenn probably won't want to talk about this, but like the one season where there was 11 wins. 
and it was like but then after the 11 win season sponsorship was up attendance was up and it was like that doesn't make sense like we should be hurting but no it changed and it was like okay let's don't worry about hockey right now glenn y'all do your thing we don't have to worry about you know all that but let's just make it a just a show where people come in and the thing that i like about it is my kids go hey can we go to nashville to see a predators game and i'm like yeah let's save up you know 500 bucks and we'll be able to go do that yeah we're here it's you know 20 20 bucks a person the food is somewhat you know you see more fights here yeah (laughs) absolutely (laughs) right right and the parking's you know 10 bucks where if you go to nashville it's like 28 i mean so and you got to fight the traffic around that. Oh, yeah. Good grief. So and I think a big thing, too, you look at, you know, like you said, you come in now and, you know, every year we're trying to invest money to make it different and better mm-hmm. so that people that have been here, it's not like, all right, at this time, this song is going to play and this is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're always trying to innovate and, you know, find ways to, you know, entertain people that have been here for 10, 15 years so yes. that they're still excited to come. And, you know, there's a, there's a cost to that. And, you know, I think Keith and Beck, you're willing to invest money back that you know people are spending money to come here but they want to invest yeah. it back not take every penny it's like hey let's put some money so that the people can be entertained to make them want to come back again so yeah. um, although i do look forward to the let me see your war face video yeah, <laughs> yeah there's some consistency and you know the bbc has been great partners you look here now they got the new video boards in the atrium and mm-hmm. you know they're, they're oh, yeah. doing different things and you know they're partners with us too and, and they're investing money to make it better so it's, yeah. it's been great Stuart, i know you're on the beach assistant coach but do you still get those competitive you just want to get out there and hit somebody? Um, probably not so much lately. I think my uh, first year or two after I retired there, there was definitely some games. Uh, probably the tighter games, tighter check-in when the game got a little more aggressive there. There was definitely times I wanted to get out there and you know still compete with the guys. I think uh, four or five years into coaching now, I've kind of um, you know, all right with that part of the game now. There's times in practice, though, you know, still kind of go hard in practice there, try to you know score on the goalies all the time in practice, and then. Uh, <laughs> You know, I kind of run the decor there, the defensemen. So um, there's times we, you know, kind of do splits and stuff like that. So I'll go down there and kind of battle with them a little bit too in practice. So, you know, scratch out an itch a little bit there in practice. But, yeah, during the games, it's, uh, (laughs) you know, mostly just trying to, you know, uh, stay focused there on the bench. So. So how um, how important is it? This is a question for either of you. How important is it to end this season strong for Coach Dottulio? How much does that mean to y'all? Uh, I think it means a lot. I mean, he's been here, I think it's 12 years of coaching now, maybe, or something Mm -hmm. like that. So I know, um, and there's a a pretty good uh, group, uh, core group of guys here. They've been here for a long time. You know, Nukovic, Pia Santini, Durar, obviously Max. Aches and pains. Are you feeling those yet? Oh, yeah, all the time. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's part of the the reason I retired. Obviously, got into coaching was a big part of it, too. But, yeah, my body was starting to... It was starting to feel it. Uh, definitely had some, uh, you know, um, nagging injuries over the last couple of years there. So, um, obviously, to step in that coaching role is a little bit easier on the body. But, yeah, there's days I wake up and, yeah, it's still hard to hard to get moving sometimes. The, some of the, I'd say the knee joints in the back a little bit there, uh, they'll be pretty sore a lot of days. So. Yeah, well, wait till you start getting the AARP mail and the hover around <laughs> mail. Yeah. If you want to really feel old. <laughs> yeah, I ain't got a little bit of time for that. Yeah. yeah. I got three more years. Years and then I can tee off from the women's <laughs> women's tee, <laughs> the old folks' tee. That'd be game changer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so we were talking about all the stuff to expect. You, you've got all these promotional nights. Is there a night that you say we just don't have good luck on that night? I mean, is there like a historic? 
you know, Jinx. honestly, like I, you know, people have asked those kind of questions, and like, man, like when the puck drops, it's a it's a hockey game. Like all the promotions, and yeah, the jerseys, yeah. like all that yeah. stuff. I mean, it's completely irrelevant, right? You know, so um, I'm and just I wondering if it just happened yeah, to work out that way. I, I know that I know there's times where and you can, this is probably a better question for our equipment manager. You know, there's times where he knows if we're on a hot streak what color we're probably wearing and he's going to want to stick with that you know what I mean so you know we've got a red jersey and a third alternate which is black Um, so if we're winning two or three with the reds even the blacks might be hard to get in the rotation for a little bit you know so um, but as far as the promotions I mean I think the guys are on board with whatever I mean they we we have this conversation a lot that you know it's 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 being all in and, and doing those things it's what fills the building. Yeah. So you can't have yes. it both ways. You can't, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to be part of all of it in order to, to benefit from the atmosphere. And, you know, we go on the road and play in some places, and, and, and it can be, listen, pretty dull because there's not a lot of people. Yeah. And if you want to play in front of a crowd, you've got to be part of all the stuff that we got to do. And our guys, throw, you know, they go to school visits, and they do whatever we ask them. So yeah. um, they love it because they know there's a benefit for them as well. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break. It's time to... Uh Pay some bills. You're listening to Applebee's Tailgate Talk. We'll be right back. Ardmore Telephone Company has been operating right here in your community since the 1950s. Over the years, we've brought you advanced communication services such as telephone, high-speed internet, and security systems. And going forward, we'll be right here ready to provide you with innovative services and the high level of customer service you've come to expect. At Ardmore Telephone, our proof is the test of time, running decades deep. We're Ardmore Telephone, and we are here to stay. For more details, call 1-800-830-9946 or visit ardmore.net. Real estate, real easy. That's the motto at Innovative Realty Solutions, and providing the highest quality real estate services is their mission. With sound real estate advice, the latest information, and a skilled analysis of the real estate market, Innovative Realty Solutions offers a better home buying and selling experience with a fair, ethical, and, yes, innovative process. Innovative Realty Solutions. Visit them on Facebook, online at InnovativeRealtySolutions.com, at 100 North Clinton Street in Athens, or call 230-5950. Innovative Realty Solutions. Real estate, real easy. When things go wrong, State Farm is here to help life go right. And Agent Michael Howell is the one who can help get things back on track. See Michael for your auto, home, life, health, property, and business insurance and be ready for those unexpected twists that life throws at you. Ask about banking and annuities, too. Call State Farm Agent Michael Howell at 232-5400. Visit him online at michaelhowell.net or go see him at 903 South Clinton Street in Athens. State Farm Agent Michael Howell. There when things go wrong here to help life go right now on a platform near you the only year-round weekly podcast covering the huntsville havoc the reekin havoc podcast news interviews and more dropping every thursday we'll just reek of the huntsville havoc check us out on facebook twitter and instagram and listen follow and subscribe on your favorite platform via the pas plus app and online at reekinhavoc.com you're listening to the best of tailgate talk on 1080 WKAC. Roger Kitchen Jr., owner of Power Mental Performance. He's a mental skills coach. Welcome to the show, Roger. Hey, I'm glad to be here. And his son, Trey, hey. sitting over there in the, in the shade. Shout out to Trey. Shout out to Trey. Absolutely. He shows up. you got to give him a plug. That's right. Absolutely. So, um, you, you've said uh, off the air that you work with uh, high school players and 
the UAH hockey right. people like that. What what kind of when you go when you go to talk to them, what do you say? You know, hey, I'm a power skills coach, or I'm a power mental performance guy, or how do you approach it when you when you bring this to to a potential person that you can help? Typically, when I walk in and talk with a coach or team, uh, I'll I'll address it from this from the sense that are your players performing at a high level mentally? Do they have a lot of self-confidence? Can they stay focused over long periods of time? How are they doing performing under pressure? Uh, are they choking? Are they working through those intense emotions and those high-pressure situations? Can they achieve their goals for the team and individually? And so nine times out of ten, when I talk to a coach, they'll say, I've got three or four athletes. They're struggling with one of those four. And so when I come in and I talk to them, I say, look, I can help individual players think about the right thing at the right time all the time and perform in those high pressure situations and i can help your team collectively do the same thing think about it sports any sport name it basketball track and field racing racing uh all 90 percent mental foot well i deal with football players a lot and they and they sometimes they just they just lose their focus right they do and they i mean they know what to do coaches got them prepared to play and then they go out there and they just forget what they're supposed to run this route that route it's just right and a lot of times it's just mental they just for, yeah. they just oh, i forgot coach what i what i see with a lot of the players i work with they have a tendency to focus on things they can't control so when you mm-hmm. think about their given sport let's use basketball trey plays basketball um it's really easy to when uh the ref blows a call exactly oh yeah yeah you know, to lose it. To lose it. Yeah, you're right. And in those moments, you can't lose it. Nope. And then you're focusing on things you can't control, which is the ref. Yeah. yeah. Uh, go play your arch rival, you know. Oh, yes. And you walk into their gym or on their football field or wherever you're at, whatever your sport is, baseball stadium, track and field. When you walk into the, your arch rival's home, yeah. it's easy. The fans can get you distracted, mm-hmm. and you're focusing on everything you can't control. Yeah. So I, I give athletes tips and techniques we teach them, focus on the things that you can control. What is it that you need to put your attention on play after play? And then we try to, I try to coach the athletes to, to, to slow the game down. So it's one snap at a time, one pitch at yeah, a time. Yeah. It's one play at a time. And that's, you know, when you start training athletes to slow their mind down, focus on what they can control, it, it gets ten yeah. times easier. And that's a great point because you know, besides the things you can't control by slowing the game down, you know, if you're looking ahead, if you're at bat and you're looking ahead two pitches or, you know what I mean, right? then you do lose focus on that particular pitch that's coming at you. Right. Or the whether it be a football player or inbounds play from basketball or whatever. So, yeah, I like that. And um, besides working with athletes, do you ever work with corporations, um, I assume? And right. So, them? by day, my job is I work at NASA. So, I coach yeah. high-performing teams. And I work with business leaders and, and senior leaders uh, there on Redstone Arsenal at NASA. So, that's my day job. And then outside of work. Um, I work as, like I said, a mental skills coach working with all sports, all types of athletes here in North yeah. Alabama. Um, you know, University of Alabama, I think Coach Saban, probably, oh, yeah, I know he, he wasn't the first, yeah. but he was one of the first mm-hmm. to bring in somebody. and um, Dr. Kevin the, Elko. Elko. And I know right. you're familiar with him. Right. Um, and you could see from the time that they brought him in to the, the, the performance just went up. Right. So, I mean, coaches – are just almost it's almost silly not to bring in you and right. to talk to their kids like you said whether individually or as a team i i like the team concept mm-hmm. you know even though you might have that one individual two or three that are struggling with a particular thing but still have you talk to the whole team because you're right i mean it, it is 98 percent mental in, in 
and if you can control that part right. of it, man, performance just goes up so much. It does, and typically my entry entry in with a team is with the team. So I do a lot of workshops, one-on-one clinics with teams, and I teach them the basic concepts of mental skills, how it can help them in performance, how it can help them as a team. Because really, uh, Nick Saban's a master at it. He has pro- he has produced and put together the right culture. So for him, culture is everything. What's his mo- what's his uh, name? The process. Yeah, the process. So he has instituted a process, uh, lives and dies by it. He's got the right culture in place. And when you have that, and you bring in a guy like Elko, um, they're just racking yeah. up championships. Yeah. I mean, they're running through people because he recognizes how much the mental game impacts performance. I mean, I heard him. Uh, I get to go to Alabama football coaching clinics every year, and. Dr. Elko was one of the speakers this year, and just for that fifteen to thirty minutes of listening to him, mm-hmm. he had me fired up. I oh mean, yeah, I'm just you know I'm just sitting there. I'm a volunteer assistant, you know I don't you know non playing job, but he had me so fired up I wanted to run through brick walls sure. right then because just the things he brings in, and I'm sure that's what you oh, try to do. Yeah. And you talk about team sport. Do, do you do a lot of parents do you say hey my son or daughter's yeah. having problems this? Do you work? with a lot of individuals right uh, a lot of my coaching is with one-on-one individuals so i'm you know from an academic perspective parents need to look at me as like a tutor for their son or their yeah. daughter and so yeah. i do uh coaching one-on-one set up an agreement with the parents uh and then i work with the athlete one-on-one uh perfect example i was working with a football player here in the area last year and they wanted to quit their sport mm. i mean by the end of their junior year they were done i've seen a wow. bunch like it um and so the football coach reached out to me and said, hey, Roger, I got a, a kid you need to work with. Uh, the dad's going to contact you. Sure enough, within a day, I talked to the father. Long story short, uh, I worked with that player through the football season once a week. They went from wanting to quit their sport at the end of their junior year to being All-State Honorable Mention. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> and I know you have a lot of a lot of folks who have who struggle with maybe – not enough confidence. Do you ever have to rein some folks <laughs> in? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. Ab- absolutely. So the pendulum swings both ways uh-huh. mentally. Yeah. yeah. Right? So you can have a kid uh, that I just talked about that's ready to quit their sport. They're beating themselves up. They're miserable. They're ready to tap out. And then you have players on the other end. They're cocky. They're arrogant. They're not good team players. Yes. Um, they're a problem in the locker room. Yeah. You know, they're the high school version of Terrell Owens. And it's just like, you know you got to pull them in. Um, and yep. sometimes with them, you, you have to be direct, and you have to really challenge them, and you've got to coach them on the right behavior and how it impacts the climate. Because yeah. a lot of times, those guys are actually performing at a high level, and so they feel like, well, my performance justifies right. my behavior. No, it does not. No, when it's killing your team or the no. locker room, you, you need to, no. you know, the coach needs to, pu- like Nick Saban doesn't put up with that. No, no, high, no high he doesn't perf- care how good you are. <laughs> you know, think about the basketball teams of old. Bill Jackson didn't put yeah. up with that. Bobby Knight, those guys, they were – Bill Belichick is a great example oh, of, yeah. of a guy sure that builds is. the right culture. Uh, players know exactly what's expected of them when they go in. Yeah, Perfect. Um, I mean, sorry, go now, go ahead, now, I was go just going to say, going back to that, that previous um, – we were talking about you working with individuals and, you know, parents bringing them in. I would think um, that most likely – so these kids, I think, aren't benefiting just athletically. But a lot of what you do probably helps them academically, yes, uh, socially, absolutely, and everything else. So you know, for those that are listening, you know, I would I'd recommend reaching out to you because, um, you know, you're not just changing your child's or young man's or young lady's uh, performance on the right. athletic field. You're you know 
doing them a, uh, a service across the board. Right. This is a life skill. Yeah. So um, James Clemens hired me to be their mental skills coach with several teams last year. Awesome. And I got a good relationship with Rocky Smith, the AD, yeah. and then Dr. Clayton, the principal. And they brought me back twice to work with uh, students that are taking standardized tests. So they had me take what I learned in the sports world and from a mental skills perspective and then roll it into the classroom. So okay. I, I, I've, done, I've done mental skills coaching for students taking standardized tests. Yeah. Wow. And so I worked with, um, I was just over there about a month ago and uh, over their lunch period for an hour, and I had about 100 juniors and seniors in the auditorium. And then just give them a simple plan of how to deal with test anxiety. That's yeah. a huge yeah, thing. Huge, yeah. Test anxiety oh, yeah. is yeah. a huge stress. Yep. <clears throat> right. So there's a lot of kids that just don't take tests well. Yep. And so we, I was teaching them concepts on how to be able to relax in those moments so that everything you've studied comes back to you yeah. and you're able to take, whether it's just a test in history or you're taking the ACT. Because yeah. that's a great point. Most of the time they know the information, yes. but their anxiety is so high they just cannot, right. like you said, take that test and it's the same thing with athletes they've practiced and practiced and practiced and when they get inside their head they put too much pressure on themselves and they start focus on things they can't control the anxiety erases all that muscle memory the idea is we're trying to get the brain to relax so that all that muscle memory and all that practice comes right back to play in the moment that they need it i just had my cousin text me said (laughs) he might want to get get his son you know involved talking to you so how do people get in touch with you? So two ways. I'm on Facebook at Power Mental Performance. That's Facebook Power Mental Performance. And then anybody can call me or text 256 Okay. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, uh-huh. we want to thank you so much for coming on, Roger. Yeah, my pleasure. We've got your phone Thanks. number. So yeah, anytime. Area code 256-698-6389. Power Mental Performance. Find them on Facebook. You're listening to Applebee's Tailgate Talk. From day one, First National Bank has been built on a strong foundation of community first. First to lend a helping hand, first to help with community events and fundraisers, first to support local students, athletic programs, and civic organizations, first to support events like United Way, Relay for Life, and many more charitable events, and most importantly, working for our great community. Without you, there'd be no First National Bank. Making communities great together, that's what we strive for. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Daily and Son Car Care is Ardmore's only one-stop auto repair and tire shop. Whether it's major mechanic or brake work or routine maintenance like an oil change or lube job, Daily and Son Car Care has been satisfying customers all over with their fast and friendly service. They're also your headquarters for quality Cooper tires. Stop by and see Wayne, Nikki, or Dale at 25600 Main Street in Ardmore, Tennessee, or call them at 931-427-4651. They're on Facebook, too. Daily and Son Car Care, open Monday through Friday, 7.30 till 5, and Saturday, 7.30 till noon. P4 Physical Therapy is a new outpatient provider offering community-based care with a unique partnership model that allows them to consistently deliver world-class outpatient care, emphasizing personalized hands-on treatment. Whether it's orthopedic, physical, geriatric, or manual therapy, sports or neuro rehab, telehealth, or most any type of muscle or joint pain, P4 Physical Therapy promises to treat you with integrity, compassion, faithfulness, and selflessness. Locations in Athens, Huntsville, and Winfield, Alabama, as well as Fayetteville and Knoxville, Tennessee. Look for them on Facebook or online at p4physicaltherapy.com. 
Your roof is the first line of defense for your home. Do you have water stains on your ceiling, paint peeling off your walls, shingles missing? It's probably time for you to get your free roof inspection. Locally owned and operated, licensed and insured, Yellowhammer Roofing is the Yellowhammer State Hometown Team. Yellowhammer Roofing. Let our family protect what's most important to you, your family. 256-232-1933 or online at yellowhammerroofing.com. The world is changing. The Tailgate Talk app has changed. It's got a new name and a new look. It's now known as PAS Plus, and it's your home for Applebee's Tailgate Talk, along with James Clement Sports and Calhoun Basketball. Change never heard, huh? Look for the download links at pasnetwork.net or tailgatetalk.net. PAS Plus, play action sports, plus a little extra. PAS Plus, from play action sports. Welcome back to the Best of Tailgate Talk on 1080 WKAC. I tell you what, I've been waiting for the last month to talk to this gentleman. We have former Auburn Tiger defensive end Ladarius Owens on our phone line. Welcome to Applebee's Tailgate Talk, Ladarius. Glad to be here. Now, man, we're glad to have you. Uh, how how are things going since uh, since? since Auburn. I mean, more recently, you know, I've followed your career from uh, from 2010 up to 2014, and, and you all, you actually had a blog that was going uh, not too long ago that I was I was reading up on. How, how are things going since, since Auburn? And we'll we'll get back into some of the Auburn uh, football discussions in a bit. Um, well, it, it was just a, a, a transition uh, for the most part. So, uh, leaving Auburn and you know, having, having your, your shot at the NFL and then having to get adjusted to, you know, the corporate life and then after that, I also I tried to get back into football. I went, you know, to the CFL and all those different things. So it was a transition, you know, just getting out of football and finding uh, a niche or a fit for me out in out in society to where I can, you know, provide for myself and my family. So, um, but but now that I've gone through those things, I went through and and just um, what has helped me was the stuff we went through at Auburn. You know, at Auburn, I think I had a unique experience from um, a lot of me and my teammates from a lot of other programs or, or student athletes because we we literally, when I came in on the highest note, went to all the way to the national championship. And the year after that, we did pretty decent. And then the following year, we had what was considered the worst season of Auburn history. It was then tough. next year, we went all the way back to the national championship. So those highs and lows really helped me uh, weather the storms of life as well. So when – when I went through those different things out in corporate America or, you know, for me losing my shot with the NFL and those different things, I was able to deal with that adversity and come out on top. Right here, Ladarius, is Mark White. Uh, glad to have you on the show this morning. Uh, one of the things you mentioned was the, the challenge you faced. I know against Arkansas back in 2011, which was after you were redshirted in 2010, you were injured and you had to sit out five games. Uh, when you had that injury and you were looking forward to – you know, recovering. What was that experience for you that first year? Uh, it was frustrating because, you know, uh, coming in, I was highly recruited. So, for, for one to be redshirted the first year, you know, that's something I dealt with. It was good. So I was just looking forward to the next year. And I had really gotten myself uh, physically to a point to where I was really ready to take off. So, we were, that was like really my freshman year. And I was having a pretty decent season up to that point. Right. And to see it kind of get, um, you know, cut short or, or minimized because of because of the injury kind of took a lot of momentum away from me. So it was frustrating to go through that. Um, but again, like I said, my my time at Auburn really 
made me the man I am today. So uh, as far as, you know, dealing with adversity, knowing how to overcome it and other things, that's something that couldn't have been taught any other way, you know. Right. Let's talk a little bit about you being a legacy. This is Tom. Um, your your <coughs> uncle, James Owens, was the first African-American player at Auburn. It, that had to mean the world to you as as, as an as an, as a young athlete, a, a nephew, to come in and, and also play for the same team that such a such a great man played for. Yeah, it was, and, and I really didn't understand the magnitude of it until I actually got there. Um, and and, and really, that's when it really registered to me how big of a impact he made and what he really went through. Um, so to have that. You know, that name on my back and that legacy. And just any time I met anybody that, you know, whether played with him or even encountered him, it's crazy how after all of those years, they be like, oh, you James Owens' nephew? And it just everybody had a story. <laughs> and every story would just show, you know, how humble he was and, and the impact that he made on people's lives. And that just, you know, made me proud to be able to call him my uncle. That's crazy. I see my Alabama fans are leaning back. I'm the only. I'm the only Auburn fan. Only Marks. Yeah, I was going to let you. I was going to let you roll, Tom. But but I've got something else, Ladarius. And and more importantly than football, you finished your degree at Auburn. You got your bachelor's degree in communications. And I did see where you've done some work for AuburnTigers.com as well as uh, writing for the uh, the uh, football program. Uh, are you still doing that? And and uh, what what career path have you taken? Well, I'm not uh, writing for Auburn, but right now I'm in the financial services industry. So I deal with uh, investments and um, basically giving people financial education. The reason I got into that is because, um, and that's something I guess I got from my uncle, I've always been into helping people. And I feel like as a society, that's our biggest hole, you know, the level of financial literacy is at an all-time low. So I feel like if I can go into a home and teach people about, you know, how to manage their money, how to handle it, or, you know, these different things, and I can make an impact on not only their lives, but the lives of their loved ones as well. So that's the, that's the path I took because uh, I feel like it's, it's a, a big difference that I can make in people's lives. And on the other end, I still do my writing. I'm actually in the process of uh, – I got a couple of books that I'm um, in the process of writing right now. Excellent. So when I even started my blog, it, was, it wasn't necessarily for me. It was because I noticed that a lot of guys who go through the process, you know, of – playing big-time college football, and then they get out and have, have their shot at the NFL and things don't necessarily go as they plan it to, they kind of, you know, go into a hole, whether it's them feeling ashamed or, or whatever. And I felt like if I just put everything out there, it can help somebody. So I told the stories of me going from, you know, how I felt to get cut, how it felt to go get a job, how it felt to go try to give the, the, the NFL another shot and those different things and those emotions I went through as well as the things I would have to tell myself to keep myself motivated. So that helps somebody that would, you know, going through the same thing, as well as those people who may not even have nothing to do with sports but are dealing with some of those similar troubles and challenges of life. Well, speaking about loved ones and people who helped you, tell us a little bit about your mom, Aura. Uh, that's that's my rock right there, man. She, 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 um, that was my biggest support um, all the way through. Um, like you said, even when you bring up those injuries, She's the one that kept me, you know, sane and kept my perspective in a, in a, in a you know, um, positive sense. So she kept me going. But but growing up, that's all I had. So that was my biggest driving force, and that was, you know, the biggest reason why I was even playing football at that at that at that type of level. So that's why I even continued to try to pursue the NFL. Not necessarily like I love football to death, but at that point, I kind of just really, really was more driven to 
kind of pay her dividends back for everything she put into, you know, getting me to the level she got me to. Even though I know she's proud of me and everything I did accomplish, but I still wanted to be able to buy her that big house. But it's still going to happen. It's just, at a, it's just at a slower pace than it was. There you go. There you go. But you know how to plan out that money, though. Yeah, you're financial. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, why, that's, why, that's why I said some people ask me today, um, are you still – are you still playing? Would you still get shot? I said, no, nah, I found another way to get it without stealing my pocket. <laughs> That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Okay, uh, Ladarius, it's time to talk football. Take us back, 2013 Iron oh, Bowl. come on. Now, no, listen, no. Listen, I got, the, I got, the, I got a chance to Let ask get this it guy out. this. I got a chance to ask this guy this. 2013, the Iron Bowl, and – Coach Saban has petitioned the officials to put one second back on the clock. What was going on on the sidelines? Were y'all laughing? Were you angry because he put one second back on before the actual kick six happened? What what, what were people saying? Uh, well, the first time the first time he was going to kick it, um, we didn't have no. We had Ryan Smith go back there. Yes. Um, and um, I think I think we called the time about the ice him. yeah, we called the time about the ice them. So, um, Chris. Chris asked Coach to let him get back there. So when he got back there, um, but before we even you know left the huddle, I was just hoping that Coach let me let me be on the field because to be honest, we had already blocked one. So I, I, if anything, we assumed that we would just block another one because yeah. they were kind of uh, soft on the inside. So if anything, we thought we would just block it. We didn't know that you know necessarily that that was going to happen. But at the same time, we knew you know they had struggles with field goals and those things. But we, like I said. Coming out the huddle, we kind of figured that we would just block it and that we would just go into overtime. So when, when the kick actually went up, everything else just history after that, man. <laughs> so yeah. so you were actually on the field during the during the kick? Yeah. Did, did, and the, funny, did, the funny thing is, uh, you know, me and Chris are from, are from Birmingham. And, yeah. and when we were getting recruited, I've been playing against Chris since middle school. Oh, wow. And when we were getting recruited, my mom, and, and he'll tell you this, anytime when Coach Teaser came to recruit us, my mom told him before we even got the offer, you got to get the ball in this boy's hand. So for three years, Chris would <laughs> beg them, put me on punt return, kick return, wildcat. They would never necessarily do it. So his senior year, my junior the year of 2013, they finally let him get back there. And he had, I think he had the best punt returning season, you know, for returners in Auburn history and all those different types of things. So it just was ironic. And, and when we look back on it now, it's crazy that we both were on the field on that on that kick, and I was able to get a block in, so I at least got me some camera time, and I always been <laughs> that, that was my next question. Did you, were, were you one of the ones that got one of the good crackback blocks where the big lineman hit hit the ground? Yeah, that Ryan Smith got the best one. He caught Quanjo, and I and I and I didn't catch it until like literally. I swear, under the guy true, I didn't catch it till last year. And I said, you lucky he was like, you caught his foot in the air because ain't no way. I know, right? Like <laughs> Quancho would have killed him if he if he hadn't yeah. been going the other way. Well, well, we'll we'll have to look for you then in one of the thousand times they replay that oh, thing yes. on ESPN. But you heard it. But you heard it here first. It was Darius's mama that made that happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Hey, just when y'all see it, don't don't laugh at my dance. I was trying to do prime. <laughs> I, I was trying to do prime time, but I was running too fast to do it. So I was, <laughs> oh my you, you didn't look like a young lady skipping or nothing like that, right? <laughs> that's exactly what I look like. <laughs> that's great. Hey, uh, Ladarius, real quick, uh, let's if you would go back to your high school career and uh, and talk a little bit about uh, about Coach Billy Woodham and and his effect on you as you as you moved forward into going to Auburn eventually. 
Um, Coach Woodham was a it was a big impact in it, and um, it's a blessing that I even ended up at, at Bassman City because I'm gonna be honest, coming out of Birmingham back then. Um, it wasn't that many of us from the city or just period getting recruited by big time schools. It may be like one out of the bunch. So uh, my ninth grade, and like I said, I always my my goal was always take care of my mom. So my ninth grade year, I actually went to Fairfield High School, and um, and I and I was on JV and, and JV team. So I felt like shoot, they, my time, my clock ticking. So mm-hmm. I ended up transferring. Looking back on, I was like, yeah, I probably was just a little little selfish and desperate. The whole defense was senior, but I felt like I don't care. I should have been star. So I ended up transferring to a couple of schools, and then I ended up at, at just Lanier with Coach Woodham. And um, the funny thing is, Auburn wasn't recruiting me. My, my junior year was my first year finally getting on the varsity field, and they Auburn had came down to see us play uh, Stanhope Elmore. They was coming to recruit uh, Brandon Heaven, yeah. and I had my best game. I had like four <laughs> sacks and like ten tackles or something. After that, my recruitment took off. Uh, we made a highlight tape for that season, and next year my recruitment just skyrocketed. And Coach Woodham, you know, kept me level. He he didn't let me get you know big headed. He didn't let me get distracted by the recruiting process. He was uh, very receptive of everything. And the funny thing is, people always ask me, "You didn't? Why you didn't go to Alabama?" I tell people, I went to Alabama more than I went to Auburn simply because Bessemer was like thirty minutes down. Sure, early. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was always in Tuscaloosa, always. And the funny thing was, I even got my uncle to come down on the visit and coach sal i love him to death i'm not gonna lie he almost had me. like that was that was the, i would have never guessed that you know that would have been the case and i'm not gonna lie if it wasn't for me being blood sweat tears yeah. often all my life i probably would have went wow <laughs> Well, I, we heard it here first. <laughs> I, I, Ladarius, I grew up next door to you there at Hueytown. I, I went to Hueytown High School, so uh, we weren't far there from Bessemer area, right next door. Yeah, man. So it, it was it was right down the street. So you know exactly how close it was. So sure do. It was uh, and and then I when I was going, it was like when the dynasty was first starting. So I was down there with Rolando McLean and yep. Dante Hightower and all those guys. So. It was it was a tough choice, and they actually offered me before uh, Auburn did. Wow! You know, so they a- offered me first, and then no LSU was first, then Alabama, then Auburn. Okay. Well, I tell you what, brother, we sure glad we got you down on the plains. That uh, <laughs> it, it was fun watching you play, and, and uh, I knew I knew the injuries were frustrating, but man, it it, it was it was uh, like I said, we rooted for you. I did. The rest of these uh, uh, young fellas right was- here probably don't, but that's <laughs> well, okay. I like you now, Ladarius. <laughs> He seems like a very nice guy. Just didn't like the school he played for. <laughs> I'm good with you now, brother. <laughs> we got like I'll fan love and war. That's right. I might let you help with financial planning. Hey, there you go. Make, hey, make, that's all it is. I hear it's a game, man. If you know the rules, you can win. That's right. <laughs> hey, thanks, thanks, Ladarius. See you. Oh, no problem. Thank you. That was Ladarius Owens. I'm good talking about Auburn guys when they're done. I'm, I'm great. That's <laughs> when they're playing. But but, but what, what what's funny about it, you know, is like he said, you know, Alabama offered, even though he yeah. was an Auburn legacy. Yeah. You know, Alabama offered him first, and his yeah. and they were actually Auburn was there to recruit another guy, and then, and then they, his tape gets out. It seems like they would have known yeah. about him before. You know, but uh, things just worked but, out because he said he had one of the best games he played yeah, with four sacks. I mean, he was just ha- things were just, just on that night, right. and it just worked out. So, so 
That's yeah. the way things go in life. So I, I, I don't know if I'll go back and watch him, see if I can find him on that kick. I, oh, I'm going. I'm, I know. I know. Soon you. Well, you we can pause it. He doesn't have to score the. You know, Chris he, doesn't have to score the touchdown. Have to. You can pause it and see the tackling Absolutely. and stop it. Right. That, that is true. edit. Now we got, got to watch him run. We got to watch him run too. <laughs> hey, I tell you what. Let's. Oh, what you got, Tim? He doesn't and look for his dance too. And that's what I'm saying. Look for his dance and his run. We that's can what take that, making a short segment. I'm sure of the Tom, Tom, Tom will find it and put it on the Applebee's tailgate top. <laughs> I'll put it as one of those GIF files. That just yeah, all that'd be awesome, dude. I'd love it. That'd be that great. Be cool. We'll try to figure that one out. <laughs> I tell you what, it's time to toss it off to our sponsors. We've got a lot more left to go. You've been listening to Applebee's tailgate talk on WKAC, the Big Ten Eighty. While others have come and gone, the Lion's Den Gym has been roaring as a workout and exercise fixture in Athens, growing from its humble basement beginnings in 1981 to their current 10,000-square-foot location at 212 Commercial Drive in Athens. The Lion's Den offers 24-7 access to their ever-expanding equipment collection that includes treadmills and climbers, elliptical trainers, stationary bikes, loose weights and dumbbells, and over 45 different weight machines. Contact the Lion's Den Gym about a membership today at 256-652-2627. Visit them online at lionsdengym.com or on Facebook, The Lion's Den Gym, 256-652-2627. When you're looking for something special for your next event, why not bring in the most amazingly fine flavored shaved ice this side of the islands, Kona Ice of Decatur in Athens. Whether it's a school or major sporting event, a picnic or festival, Kona Ice brings the fun and laughter. From their steel drum music to their signature flavor wave, where guests can flavor their own shaved ice. No event is too big or too small. Kona Ice makes fundraising easy too. Call Kona Ice today and tell them what you have in mind. 256-566-5298. Or look for them on your favorite social media platform. Kona Ice of Decatur in Athens. 256-566-5298. For screen printing, sign printing, banners, logo design, and more, look no further than that shirt printing place. Located at 709 North Jefferson Street in Athens, call 256-444-1827. That shirt printing place. Visit them online at thatshirtprintingplacellc.com. Look for them on Facebook, too. That shirt printing place. 256-444-1927. That shirt printing place. The Bama Zach Memorial Scholarship has been set up to honor the legacy of Bama Zach Green, a huge fan of the Crimson Tide, along with Limestone County Sports. The scholarship will go each year to a male and female athlete from Limestone County. Checks should be made out to Bama Zach Memorial Scholarship and can be sent in care of Garth Garris, 13833 Pinnacle Drive, Athens, Alabama, 35613. Donations can also be made in person at First State Bank of the South at 1319 Highway 72 East in Athens. Thank you for showing your support for local athletes by giving to the Bama Zach Memorial Scholarship. Check out the WKAC Sports page. Go to WKAC1080.com and click on the WKAC Sports icon. You can listen to the current sports stream as well as game archives, past coaches shows, and Applebee's tailgate talk on demand. If you're on your smartphone, you can stay automatically updated as new items are posted. The WKAC Sports page, another reason why your best source for Limestone County sports is WKAC1080.com and 1080 WKAC. You're listening to the best of tailgate talk on 1080 WKAC. The president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, Bob Kendrick. Now, Bob, we've been waiting for this interview for like all month. Tim's been teasing us about it. And there's so many questions that I've got about some of the old players that, 
you know they laid the they laid the found the the foundation and the path for so many of the uh, new African American baseball players that come into the league. Um, oh no question. Which one no of my fa- one of my favorite? I don't think he played in the Negro leagues, but Bob Gibson pitched for the Cardinals. That was a bad yeah. man. <laughs> he bad. He bad guy. He was just outside of the Negro leagues. As a matter of fact, my dear friend, the late great Buck O'Neill. Yes. Buck. Yes. Who at that time was managing? He was kind of player manager for the Monarchs, and he tried to sign Gibson, and, and Gibson instead went to Creighton University and played basketball. See, people forget that Gibson was a tremendous athlete. He was a star basketball player at Creighton and then would go on to play for the Harlem Globetrotters no. before baseball falls before baseball Oh, my goodness. Are you there, Bob? He started breaking us. He's breaking up on us a little bit, Bob. Okay. There we go. We got you. We got you. We got you. We got you. Yeah. So, this has been the day. It must be sunspots out today or something. <laughs> Has to be. It's the second second phone interview that's been given us. A... We lost you again, Bob. <laughs> oh man, you know I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to get to an area what? where maybe you just we, we got a bit right, right there. We got you. Right Don't there. move. Don't yeah. move, Bob. Don't if, move. Keep yeah. talking. If you, can, <laughs> if you can stop where you're at, if you can stop where you're at, Bob, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we got you, brother. He may be right in the middle of a lane somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, uh, last we heard, uh, Bob Gibson played for the Harlem Globetrotters. He played for the Harlem Globetrotters, uh, and then, of course, would eventually go right back to baseball and, and has his great career with the St. Louis Cardinals, becoming one of the greatest pitchers of all time. But old Buck tried to get him for the Kansas City Monarchs. Wow, that Bob was so good, so bad. They changed the rules. They changed the mound rules because he was. Uh, and, go ahead. And, and that that's when that's when you know you're bad when they change the rules because you're so dominant. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and of course, in 1968. Oh, what he did in '68 is absolutely unbelievable, unbelievable. You know. And, and and sometimes people forget in the American League that same year, the great Louis Tiot. Ah, yeah, Louis. He, yeah, El, El, yeah, El, 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 El Tiante, Yes, he puts up. He has a ridiculous ERA that year as well. But Gibson does one point one two, which was just incredible. Yeah. Now, now speaking, you brought up Buck O'Neill, and when I think uh, Buck, I think of what he said about Bo Jackson. That he's come, Bo Jackson's yeah. going to take batting practice, and he hear and, and Buck hears this sound of the ball coming off the bat. Says he's only heard it two other times in his life. Uh, Josh Gibson and Babe Ruth, and he said he hey, walks Babe out Ruth. there. He said, and this is a beautiful black ebony man that's swinging that bat, <laughs> <laughs> knocking balls out of park. He said, I was so glad to see. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. That was a great quote. Well, and, and what it what it what is so indicative of is just how good. Bone really could have been. Bone would have been a Hall of Fame baseball player. He would have. Yes, yeah, sir. yeah. And, and Buck says he never heard that sound of the bat, but those three times. And, and a lot of people, you know, you're not surprised when you hear Ruth and, and of course Josh Gibson, right? 
But mm. then you hear Bo Jackson, and everybody kind of eyes get big. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, Bo Buck said they made a different sound coming off his back. It does. It does. Tell us. Okay, here's my question. I've been trying to think. Your favorite non-famous. I mean, everyone knows Satchel. Everyone knows, um, you know, the famous players, Josh, uh, Willie May. Tell us your famous, your favorite non-famous, maybe that somebody hadn't heard of, uh, individual that's in the yeah. Hall of Fame right now. Well, I think I think the first name guys that come to mind for me is Oscar Charleston. Oscar Charleston. Buck, Oscar Charleston. Buck O'Neill called Oscar Charleston the greatest baseball player he had ever seen. Wow. Now, he thought the greatest major leaguer was Willie May. And, and most people concur. Yeah. Because as you guys well know, yeah. May can beat you any way in which you can be beaten. Oh, absolutely. He can beat you with his back. He can beat you with his arm. Yep. He can beat you with his leg. He can beat you with his glove. Yep. And, and, of course, I don't have to tell you all, Mays' career begins with the Birmingham Black Barons yep. in the Negro League. Yep, right. But Buck, but Buck believed the greatest baseball player he ever saw was Oscar Charleston. Huh. Oscar Charleston, guys, was an early era Negro Leaguer who could do it all. The consummate five-tool guy. Hit for power, hit for average, could steal, could run, could throw. In 1921, he led the Negro League in home runs triples, doubles, stolen bases, and batting average in the same season. Wow. wow. And, and, and for your audience who are fans of Major League Baseball's history, he was compared to have the defensive abilities of Trish Speaker, the tenacity of Ty Cobb, he fights it, and, uh, and the bat of Babe Ruth rolled wow. into one dynamic package and old Buck says he never saw a center fielder who could go back on a ball the way Charleston had uncanny instinct. Just seemed to know where that ball was coming down right off the crack of the bat. You guys remember the catch that Willie no, made? Really made yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no, and, and honestly, the throw... I've always said yeah. that. I was like, you know, the, the catch was great, but that throw, geez. <laughs> yeah, but everybody remembers the catch because of the World Series, and he had to run literally a country mile to make that great over-the-shoulder basket catch that he made. Yep. Well, all the all the old-timers in the Negro League, they had that been Oscar Charleston, Man, he'd have been waiting for that ball to come down. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Well, I, I played center field in high school, and that that catch yeah. over the when you're running, catching it over, it's coming down. That's the hardest catch yeah. but to it, make. When you're an outfielder, oh. everybody wants to make that catch. Yeah, right? yeah. you yeah. know that's your dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Oscar would have been waiting on it to come down, huh? And and, and, and Oscar was a big man, six foot one ninety. That's you know that's moving for a big man. Strong, strong. Both said he never saw anyone stronger than Oscar Charleston. Fellas, Buck said that Charleston could take a baseball, put it between both palms, and turn the leather. On the baseball. No, uh, no, 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 no. That's strong. That's stout right there, buddy. You, 
Oh, I'd hate to shake that hand. I'm telling you, you come up with broken fingers. <laughs> you know, you know, Bob. I pulled up something on the website, and you know, of course, everybody knows 1945. You know, Jackie Robinson knows first one to you know go into the major leagues. But I didn't know the league, the Negro League, stayed did not they folded in the early 1960s. I had no idea that it that they were going on until the not until yeah. the early 1960s. You know, it took 13 years after Jackie Blake Culliberry. He, he joined Brooklyn. He walks on the field with Brooklyn on April 15, 1947. The Negro League ceased operations in 1960 officially. Now, there were still a couple of other teams, the, the Monarchs and the Indianapolis Clowns, who were still barnstorming. Yeah, but the right. official Negro League ended in 1960, 13 years after Jackie Blake's Culliberry. See, but you have to also remember that it took Major League Baseball 12 years before every major league team had at least one black baseball player. Wow. The Boston Red Sox would become the last team to integrate in 1959 when they signed a guy named Elijah Pumpson Green. And, and, uh-huh, and that would complete the integration cycle. By 1960, the Negro League ceased operations because by that time, guys, the best young black stars had moved into the major leagues or into their minor league system. There was no replenishing system. So the major leagues no longer needed the Negro Leagues as a feeder system because if you were an aspiring young African-American ball player, you didn't need to go to the Negro Leagues now. You could go right into the to that minor league system and try to work your way to the big league. Now, Bob, tell me, how fast was cool Papa Bell? <laughs> As Buck would say, he was faster than that. <laughs> faster than that. Faster than that. Huh? He was upside the pillow. <laughs> hey, they clocked him circling the base from home to home in 12 seconds. Good granny. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's over 100 yards, is it right? Yes. 90, 90, yes. 90 times 90, four. Yes. Well, plus, yes. he's making cuts. Plus, he's turning. <laughs> You're turning. Man, that's that smoking. And, and see, and you just touched on something that Buck always said separated Cool Papa Bell from the other fast guys was his ability to cut the bag on the inside. Mm-hmm. Where most yeah. guys got to take that big rounding turn yep, yep. at the top. Cool, Cool was on the inside, <clears throat> and, and they say he would run so low to the ground that he could literally smack the bag with his hand and not fall over. Man, I'd love to see <laughs> that. That's cutting it loose there. Hey, he, he, once, he once stole 175 bases. No, he wow. did. In, no in a less than 200 games. <laughs> That's amazing. That means he was taking second and third when he wanted to. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. In the home when he felt like it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but the other thing is, and I always have to remind people, you can't steal first base. You got no. to get off. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point, Dave. <laughs> yeah. so Absolutely. His, his, his on base percentage must have been off the chuck. I'd be. like to say that. This is the honest to God's truth. He twice scored from first base in exhibition games against Major League All Stars on a bus. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bun. Well, they're probably throwing the ball away trying to get him at second and third. And... <laughs> well, see, plays like the button run and hit and run 
really were created and perfected in the Negro League. Yeah. So the major leaguers really hadn't seen this. And so they would butt that ball down the third base line. Cool Papa Bell Buck says Cool could steal second base, basically standing up. Yeah. And, and so now go ahead, Bob. Cool is, breaking, cool is breaking on the pitch. They drop that bunt down the third base line. Well, as you know, the third baseman and the catcher converge. Yeah. Third baseman was <laughs> by the time the third baseman picked it up and started his throw to first, Cool is rounding third. Jeez. Well, the pitcher, the pitcher is supposed to back up home plate. Yep. yep. But the pitcher, the pitcher's not thinking that somebody's going to try to score from first base. There you go. That's a point. Get that. Couldn't get there in time. Couldn't yeah. get there in time. That's now, amazing. He was, so, he was so fast that the legendary Jesse Owen, who was the fastest man in the world, that is so crazy. Cool, Papa Bell. Wow. Uh, wow. Not racing. Oh, he wouldn't race him, huh? <laughs> he flat out refused to race. <laughs> Smart man, it sounds like. And Cool's going, come on, dude. <laughs> you a gold medalist. Where's your, where's your role? Show your role, man. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Bob, Bob, if we want to find out more about, about, about all these players, where can we go? Online and and where where are y'all located? If we want want to make a road trip, we're in Kansas City, Missouri. As a matter of fact, right around right around the corner from where the Negro Leagues were formed, and, and uh, you know you can you can follow us at on our website at nlbm.com and, and I'm on Twitter at nlbm prez p r e z, and that's my Instagram username as well. We're constantly, you know, throwing out information about the history of the Negro Leagues and all the events and activities that we've got going on. And, you know, it's just a fact. You touched about it. It's just a fascinating piece of baseball and American history. Okay, I'm searching Instagram right now. Tell me your handle again or your username on Instagram. Uh, N-L-B-M as in Mary, Fred, P-R-E-Z. P-R-E-Z. Z. There you are, Bob Kendrick. I am following you now. <laughs> Todd and I talked about it. We've talked about it with uh, Josh Carey, the grandson of uh, Skip Carey, who is or the son Harry of Skip, Carey. grandson of Harry Carey. He's calling. He's our voice of the Trash Pandas, which is our new minor league team here in North Alabama. Todd and I agree in a lot of ways on this that. The old game, like with with like you talking about uh, cool as fast as he was bunting and, and lay down a bunt, yeah, moving people over. Instead of instead of today's game, do you have a feeling? Do you like today's game? Or do you like the old game where you you know you stole bases yeah, and you laid down a bunt? You old, did those things. Old school. I'm old. I'm, I'm old school. Yes, yeah, sir. I'm old school. You know, and, and I've I've voiced my opinion on this subject on, on many occasions. Uh, the strikeout home run game that we see now. Yeah. Uh, don't get it, me it, started, it, buddy. Boring. You know, and, and, and I understand that's the nature of the game and the analytics and everything says that it's good, but it, to me, it is not exciting baseball at all. And the way that the Negro Leagues played the game, which was fast, aggressive, daring, they were going to bunt, they were going to steal, they were going to hit and run. They were going to double steal, do these things where people were constantly in motion. And, and really, the formula hadn't really changed. You know, it is still about great pitching, great defense, and being able to manufacture runs. 
and, and, and of course, everybody plays for the big innings now. And so they don't want to take the bat out of these guys' hands so you don't see guys stealing bases anymore. And, and for me, it's not that, that exciting. But the other side of it is you have to have great athletes to play that way. And, yes. and if you go yeah. back, if, if you go back and look at the 2014 and 2015 Kansas City Royals, they were playing Negro League baseball. Ned Yost turned those horses loose, and man, they were starting to steal base. And I tell people, what's more exciting? Oh, when absolutely. you're going to steal, when you're going to steal a base, and everybody <laughs> in the stadium knows that you're going to try to take that base. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. You're trying you to stop what? him. Yeah. And, and you're trying to stop. Him. Yeah. And and, and and so you you stand on the edge of your seat to see what's going to happen. And, and as Buck O'Neill would say in the Negro League, the style of play was so exciting that you couldn't go to the concession stand because you might miss something you ain't <laughs> never seen before. <laughs> oh, this is great. This is absolutely great. I mean, uh, Bob, to me now, when if I'm in a stadium, whether it's minor league or where we watching high school ball, any kind of stadium, and you know the left-handed kid gets up there and he lays that drag bunt down, you know, and I've come out of my seat. Yeah. Are you going to beat him? Let's go. Let's go. And uh, and yeah, a no, friend of ours texted, sent a text. I think it's to Bama Zach last week. Is is that uh, girls' fast pitch softball is now turned into what old Major League Baseball used to be? Oh yeah. With the be. drag bunt, slap hits. Yeah. Yes. yes, sir. Yes. Yes. You know, you know, guys are shifting now, and guys can't beat the shift yeah, because yeah. they're, you know, you're trying to pull everything. And, yeah. You know, so it's, it's a different game, and I understand that, but I prefer the motion, the movement. Yeah. Uh, guys making the play and moving guys over. You know, the guy who formed the Negro League, Ruth Foster, he absolutely preached that style of play. Yeah. Ruth yeah. Foster could score a run and the ball never left the infield. You know, and, mm-hmm. and so that, yeah, so, you know, they'll call it small ball, but he had guys who could hit the ball like the ballpark. Yeah. But every one of his guys had to be able to drop a button down. And, and as it, a matter of fact, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh-huh. No, I was no, going to no. say, as a matter of fact, he would draw a circle down the first baseline and a circle down the third baseline, and if every one of his players couldn't drop a butt mm-hmm. inside the circle, he would find them. Yeah. Wow. wow. That's pretty serious. That's, what you, that's what you teach to lay down a nice bunt, though. But I, but I was just going to say, at the, at the end of the day, the, the name, you, you want to win the game. And all the strategy has been taken out of yeah. winning the game yep. by simply waiting for somebody to jack a two-run homer off that dude yeah. to hit a little single. You know, That's why I don't like the DH. You know, um, I'm not a DH it's guy. Just, it was so much more fun when we were younger and growing up and – and more fun to watch. I just, I just played think, in the dirt, know. man. Well, played in the dirt. It's, a, it, it's just a more exciting brand. Absolutely. And so we don't need to worry about speeding up the game. Everybody no. worried about the millennials, you know, and, and how we can make the game. Well, if you want to make the game, you know, speed up, just play it the right way. Play the game the right way. But if you give me something that I want to see, I don't care how long I sit there. Yep. That's if the you truth. Give me something I want to see. Yeah. And, and so. Yeah, and then the other thing, call strike zone. Where the strike zone is supposed oh, to be called. Don't, don't, go, don't get me started on that, Bob. The strike zone yeah. is from the armpits to the knees, all right? 
The armpits to the knees. Quit making them throw in a daggum coffee can. I mean, good grief. Most of them still can't hit it. Bob, you've got to come back on next year. Uh, man, I can sit here and talk his baseball all day. stuff all yeah. day long. Yeah. Oh, uh, because we were just we were just getting warm. Yeah, we just getting know, started, man. buddy. Know, we just getting we'll, started. We we'll get you back on, brother. No, man, I appreciate you guys having me, and I will come back anytime you want. You got it, you buddy. Got it, buddy. All right, man. Thanks, Bob. Stay we so appreciate you. Stay, 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 stay safe, safe buddy. buddy. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Call too. Thank you. Bye, bye. Thank you. Right. Bye, bye. Ladies and gentlemen, what an interview. That what was awesome. a cotton-picking interview. Great that dude. was Bob Kendrick, president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. You're listening to Applebee's Tailgate Top and WKAC. We'll be right back. Come see all your friends at Applebee's in Athens. 12 minutes guaranteed or it's free Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Seven items to choose from. Can't make it for lunch? Visit them for happy hour, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. or late night. Half-price appetizers with beverage purchase. Six appetizers to choose from. Call 233-4430 or order online at Applebee's.com and pick your meal up with car side to go. Applebee's Neighborhood Grill, Highway 72 in Athens, just off I-65. Eating good in the neighborhood. With all the technology around us today, it's hard to keep up. Goldsmith Technical Services specializes in residential and commercial computer and electronics repair, automation, IT services, and home theater systems and audiovisual services. Goldsmith Technical Services. Call or text 256-203-4226. Visit them on Facebook or online at goldsmithtechnical.com. Let them tailor a package that meets your needs. Goldsmith Technical Services, 256-203-4226. Bring the man in motion across the line of scrimmage. They give it to him on the sweep play. He's outside, got a little bit of room. Now down the sideline, cuts it back. He's angling for the end zone, and he will score. Touchdown. Join us this football season for Limestone County football, streamed right to your computer or mobile device on the Play Action Sports app. You can also hear it on your Amazon Echo by saying, Alexa, open Play Action Sports. Listen for the replay of select games Sunday afternoons on WKAC and download each game from the archives anytime you want. Limestone County football from Play Action Sports and 1080 WKAC. You're listening to the best of tailgate talk on 1080 WKAC. Ladies and gentlemen, we have on the telephone a uh, former football player for played for the Bear, Dr. E. Galen McCullough. Uh, welcome to the show, Doctor. It's uh, it's an honor to have you here, and uh, we want to talk about your book a little bit later, but so far, you know, I, I know what Bama's Act's going to ask you. Yeah. You know, so so you're speaking to Tom, Doctor, who's a the only Auburn fan. fan yeah, we got one Auburn yeah, fan. So me and uh, Zach, which is named Bama Zach, and then our producer Tim, we're all Alabama fans. So at least you're in good company. <laughs> well, listen, guys, I want you to know I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you today. And Doctor, you you was part of some great teams at uh, Alabama, and everybody knows uh, who you played for for Coach Bryant. How was it? back in those days playing for Coach Brown? There's Bama Zach's question right there. <laughs> well, you know, we knew, all of us that were there, uh, I was there with during the Joe Namath era. That's a good way to remember it. Generally, people identify no, not a bad with the quarterbacks. And uh, we, I was there 61 through 64, and there were two national championships, one during that period of time. And we missed another championship in 62, literally by a two-point conversion, a controversial call, but we missed it, nevertheless. So, you know, when you figure 
two national championships in four years or in close to a third one and then another national championship in 65. So that literally would have been, what, four national championships in five years. And you can see that Coach Saban has become very, very close to that um, in terms of his performance on an annual basis. Oh, absolutely. And, and it was great. We knew, we knew that we were in the presence of greatness around Coach Bryant. I just don't know that as 18 and 22 year old kids, we truly appreciated that we were. And I just hope that this group of kids that are there today realize that what they're a part of. Well, yeah. And well, I was just fishing to say, when you're 18 to 22 years old, and you got Coach Bryant and the other coaches running you to death and working you to death, you probably did not appreciate it very much. <laughs> no, you oftentimes don't, but as I said, you know you're in the presence of greatness, and Coach just told us, when he recruited each one of us, he said, if you come here and you do the things that I ask you to do every day and every way, then you'll win championships. And you know what? He was right. And I think Coach Saban has demonstrated exactly the same uh, uh, ability to recruit and to deliver. Um, So how much of that and all of that that you learned on the field and and what they taught you off the field, obviously you're a very successful plastic surgeon, um, you know, nationally and internationally known, and and you've grown your practice to to be something very big. Does some of that stem from what you learned on the field and in in the football program? Well, I wouldn't say some of it. I would say all of it. (laughs) Honestly, yeah. Uh, Any any success that I've achieved in my field of facial plastic surgery, and I've been involved in a lot of other organizations. I've served as president of every organization just about I've been affiliated with. And I think the leadership skills that I learned from Coach Bryant have carried over into that. I've even been involved in politics for a little bit. Mm. And uh, I think that all of those lessons that I learned from him and during game-type experiences and practice experiences where we were put to the test and driven to the point to where we had to make a decision, are we going to quit or are we going to stick? And I think he pushed us to those limits for a reason. I remember him telling us one time, I'm going to make practice really, really hard. Because if you quit, I want you to quit in practice and not in the fourth quarter of a game in front of your mother and father and all the Alabama fans in the stands. Wow, that is great. Would, would, uh, Doc, uh, this run Coach Saban in Alabama has been on right now, how's it been, you know, being from afar watching it, you know, how's it been enjoyable as an ex-Alabama alumni football player to enjoy this? Man, I'm enjoying every minute of it. You know, a, 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 lot, a lot of people would think that because I played for Coach Bryant, I wouldn't want Coach Saban to break his records. But I have to tell you this. Were Coach Bryant alive, he would be Saban's greatest fan. Yes. Uh, I, I think that he's, he loved the University of Alabama. It was his uh, alma mater. He played there. You know, he coached there. He wanted the very best for the University of Alabama, and he would have been Coach Saban's biggest fan and I think that if Coach Saban stays healthy that he's going to exceed Coach Bryant's records and as I said uh, as a former Coach Bryant player uh, I'm cheering for that on every single day because I want what's best for the university as well and you know it's amazing to me 
people often ask me to compare Coach Bryant and Coach Saban. And in a book that I wrote years ago, you know, we'll talk a little bit if you guys have oh, time absolutely. about my latest, my latest book, Victory in the Game of Life. Yes. But Coach Saban's first year at Alabama, I wrote a book entitled The Long Shadow of Coach Paul Bear Bryant. Hmm. And during that year, Coach Saban was 7-6. and six. That was his record. Yep. Yeah. But I wrote in the final chapter of that book that Coach Saban will be the next legend at Alabama because I could see him instilling the exact same principles that won for Coach Bryant, bringing them back again on a day-to-day basis. You know, the Saban process and the Bryant process are very, very similar. Well, I, I want to thank uh, our uh, weekly guest, A.P. Stedham, for putting putting you on our radar uh, and, and telling us about your book. Go ahead and, and yeah. uh, fill us in on the book, that you, your latest book. My latest book is entitled Victory in the Game of Life. And that book was generated because uh, in September of 2017, I was invited back to midfield at Bryant-Denny Stadium, and I was given the Paul W. Bryant Alumni Athlete Award. And that award meant so much to me that I was standing there at midfield, a place that I'd been many times over the years, and looked up at 100,000 people in the stands, and I started thinking, how in the world did I get back here? Who was responsible for this? And I decided that I wanted to write a book giving credit to all of the people that had been responsible for my receiving that award and returning back to midfield at Bryant Denny Stadium. I'm talking about my parents, my teachers in high school, my professors in college, all of my coaches, my mentors is, uh, when I was doing my facial plastic surgery training and my professors at UAB, all of those people. And this book is all about paying tribute to them and the lessons that I learned from them and how I parlayed those lessons into a successful internationally renowned facial plastic surgery practice here uh, in, in Gulf Shores. So it's designed to encourage and inspire young people and I share the life lessons that I learned from Coach Bryant and all of those other mentors. And it's an attempt to provide those lessons so that anybody, even though you might not have played for Coach Bryant, you might not have played for Coach Saban, if you follow the rules and the, and the guidelines that I've set out in this book, you will be successful. There is no way you cannot be successful if you adhere to the to the principles laid out in this book. I'm 55 years old, Doc, and I, I still you won't improve yourself. So I yeah. believe I'm, this is definitely a book I'm I'm, I'm interested in. Yeah. Well, let me say this to you. You know, I'm 75 years old, <laughs> and and I was standing there at midfield that day, and I, and all of a sudden this book takes life and divides it into four quarters, very much like a football game. First quarter of our life, you think about it. We're in school. Uh, We're getting an education. We're learning who we are. The second quarter of our life, usually from 20 to 40, we're out there testing those things that we've learned and trying to become a success in life. And then from 40 to 60, that's the third quarter. Generally speaking, those should be our best years, our most productive years. And then sometime around 60-plus, that's the fourth quarter. Well, listen, you know, I learned from Coach Bryant, and you'll see it from Coach Saban on the sidelines. When you raise those four fingers in the fourth quarter, that doesn't mean it's the fourth quarter. What that means is that for these next 15 minutes, this next quarter of my life, I'm going to do everything in my power to see that I do the right thing 
and that my team wins fourth quarter. That's what the fourth quarter pledge means, and a lot of people don't truly understand that. So you watch today in this championship game. In the fourth quarter, both sides will raise their hands and put four fingers in the air. But I can tell you that not 10% of those players really realize what that means. That originated when I played at Co- for Coach Bryant at the yep. University of Alabama. I remember that. He challenged us at halftime in a big game. At the beginning of the fourth quarter, I want you to do something. You look to where your mother and father are sitting in the stands and you raise four fingers. And what you're saying to them is, I'm going to do everything in my power to make you proud for the next 15 minutes and to see that my team wins. Then you turn and you look to your teammates. I'm going to do everything in my power to live up to my part of the expectation. And then he said, then you look across the field and hold up four fingers. And what you're saying to the other side is, I'm going to beat you in the fourth quarter. (laughs) I like it. I like it. (laughs) So when you see those four fingers come up into the air on both sides, I can tell you that not very many of those players truly know what that means. That does not mean it's the fourth quarter. It's a pledge that we're making to all the people that count. Wow. Now, do you do, you do motivational speaking or, or, or does this practice kind of keep you from doing that? He's got me pumped up, Doc. <laughs> well, I do. I, actually, that's one of the things I truly enjoy. I enjoy talking to uh, young people. I spoke to the University of Alabama Alumni Association group in Pensacola uh, two nights ago. And, uh, you know, I love to do that. I'm available to speak to any group at any time that we can work out the schedule. So if any of your listeners out there are interested in having me come and speak to a small group or a large group, I feel like that it's really a responsibility. You know, there's a there's a verse in the book of Luke that says, unto whom much is given, much is required. Yep, yep. Well, I've been very fortunate. A lot has been given. I have worked hard for it. Oh, my yes. wife and I work really hard for it. But at this stage in my life, in the fourth quarter, I'm trying to give back. And I think one of the ways that I can give back is to, is to pass this message along to as many people that will listen. And it would be my honor to speak to any of the groups out there who would be interested in, in having me there. Do, do you tend to speak more to, like, corporate-type events or, or, or younger. You, younger folks? All of the above. Oh. <laughs> I, can tailor, I, I can tailor the message to the corporate executive because I can teach the corporate executive the lessons that I learned and how to be successful, how to manage people, how to hire people, how to fire people, how to inspire people. And I can talk to uh, middle school kids about how to plan for life and how to work hard and how to pick the right mentors. So, I mean, my message is one, and this is throughout the book. If you read the book, Victory in the Game of Life, you will see that it reaches out to people from all backgrounds, all races, all religions, and and actually all fans. It is it is not just directed to the fans of the University of Alabama. It crosses all lines. Doc, we've enjoyed it. Yeah, thank we, you so much. We appreciate it. We hope we get to get you back on again. Yeah. Let's, let's uh, get him a shout-out. Thank out. you, guys. Where, yeah. where can people get your yes. book, Doctor? Thank you, guys. I, I appreciate it. I've truly enjoyed being on with you guys. You do a great job, and I'll be happy to return anytime. Cool. Uh, let, uh, let, uh, let the people who are listening know where they can find your book, Doc. Well, your the, books, the, plural. It's, plural. It, it, it's available at several bookstores and on, on Amazon, but honestly, the easiest way is to simply call 
a, a number at my clinic, and we will I'll personalize the book. Oh and, yeah! Oh, wow! Uh, and we'll mail it to you. Uh, so that's uh, let me give you that number: two five one. Well, yes. Nine six seven. Okay. Seven six. Seven six zero zero. That is your practice there, and you will personalize a book, and they'll they'll get it get it out mail to everybody. And keep in mind that if you if you want Christmas presents, I'll sign as many, and we'll we'll actually forward them to whomever you want it. Wow, that's, that's awesome, awesome, Doc. That's awesome. Thank that you. sounds like a great gift for a hearty Bama fan right there. Or any, anybody, say, anybody, say, just more than just a Bama fan. Let me say one other thing. Yes, sir. All the proceeds of this book yeah. go to the University of Alabama Alumni Association and to the Bryant Museum. Yep. I saw that. phenomenal. Do, I saw that. I do not write books to try to make money. My plastic surgery, facial plastic surgery is my business. This is my avocation, and this book is totally dedicated to the University of Alabama, to the Alumni Association, and to the Bryant Museum. Well, that's phenomenal. Excellent. That that's was great, Doc. Dr. E. Galen McCullough, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Doc, come back sometime. We'll get our producer to hook you guys, hook Man, you yeah. up with us, and we'll talk again. Merry Christmas, and uh, y'all take care. And roll tide, Doc. Thank roll tide. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. You, too, right, you, you too. too. Bye. 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 That was, that was a good interview, guys. Good interview. Dr. E. Awesome. e. Galen McCullough, you're listening to Applebee's Tailgate Talk and WKAC, the Big 1080. You've been listening to the best of Tailgate Talk. You can hear the archive of this and other shows online at tailgatetalk.net. Join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. Applebee's Tailgate Talk is a production of Play Action Sports on 1080 WKAC.